Okay, let me adjust that. That's adjusted. There we go. It's a nice speaking voice. It's yes. clear. Okay. Yes. Enunciate better, please. I will. Red <laughs> leather, yellow leather. The six sheep, six sheep is sick. Hmm. Very good. Very good. Yeah. That's more, I'm, not even, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to attempt that because, uh, yeah. as you just heard, my my marble mouth. In the middle of like saying you couldn't do them, uh, you couldn't do them. <laughs> I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that irony? How or can a clam cram in a clean cream can? Anyway, <laughs> these are all. That's a valuable question to ask. Yep. It seems okay. it seems to me unlikely actually that I will ever ask ask that question. So the fact that I would have difficulty with it is not completely upsetting to me. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking now at some some uh, some ones I hadn't seen before, which is uh, I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. That's actually pretty tricky. That's well, a hard one. I saw a kitten eating chicken in a kitchen. In the kitchen, yeah. I saw in a kitten kitchen. eating chicken in the kitchen. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, you're fine. <laughs> You're ready to do a show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And I'm Ian Boothby. And this is episode 275, which I only bring up because it feels significant. Because... It is divisible by 25, and that is, for whatever reason, something that we human beings are amazingly attached to. Yeah, you can count it out in quarters. <laughs> One. Right? <laughs> One, or three quarters. That's right. We made it 75. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, well, like, are you not adding the 400? Yeah, no, it seems like a lot of work. I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of money. Okay. I don't have counting to 400 money. Not not uh, made of quarters. <laughs> are you using money money uh, nowadays, or are you pretty much all... Uh, uh, tip tap with the with the cards and whatnot. I'm I am well particularly particularly at this time, but even when it's not this time, I am I am a I am a real user of of the. Uh, what my favorite thing to use now is my phone to pay with. Oh, okay. I haven't I haven't uh, gone to that. Well, I'm a little I'm a little more futuristic than you. That's true. Uh, yeah, I yeah. use the phone. I use my phone. Yeah. It's just really yeah. easy to use and. Uh, it just feels like putting all my eggs in one basket there. That's really Well, that's weird. that's exactly what I like about it. <laughs> well, I know, but you lose your phone then. And now like, oh, now I'm totally screwed. Like if I lose yeah. my wallet, I've still got my phone. Yeah. If I lose my phone, I've still got my wallet. Sure. Uh, you know, I can do some stuff with that. Uh, I, I but, do carry, I do have both of them with me. Like, Okay. I, I, I often don't bring my wallet into the store. But sometimes I do because I don't. I don't know because I think like when you use tap, I can only use my phone to buy up to a hundred dollars oh, okay. of of stuff, and so I, uh, you know, if I do, if I go over that, then I have to use my card. So, so there. But, but cash, uh, no dice. You you haven't got like on your uh, like right now on me. I've got no cash. Mm. I've got no change. I've got no cash. When I pass by someone and they ask me for 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 cat for change, mm-hmm. I have to legitimately go. I'm sorry, I have none, and I got none. I feel I feel, I feel bad about that, but I've got I don't carry money anymore because mm-hmm. we're now. <laughs> yeah, I I do have trouble carrying change because I don't like things in my pocket very much. So I tend to not keep things in my like jeans pockets. I like ooh, I like to wear a, I like to wear a coat or a 
something that has its own pockets that I can like throw things into and yeah. not have to worry about my, my uh, pants. But, but, even, but I do still carry money with me because you never know when you'll, when you'll need it is my feeling. Ah, okay. Like you just never know. You might, you know, like say someone does a, does you a favor and you need to pay them some money for that. I'll just give them the money. Like I'll just I'll have twenty dollars in my pocket or whatever, and I'll just give that to them. Okay, so I, I do will, like to have that. Uh, I will just uh, send it to them via, you know, the bank. That's <laughs> now, now you can download. There you go. You're fine. Yeah, uh, that's usually what I do. I've t- I've talked talked. To, I don't know if I've talked about this in the show, but I am I'm unable to use e-transfer because of a a a gaffe that I made very early on in my e-transfer experience. In fact, my only one I ever did. <laughs> Just be honest with you, and uh, and that got me uh, a, apparently a lifetime ban from e-transferring. Okay. Um, so uh, okay, let me ask you this about that. Sure. So is it you that has a lifetime ban? Yeah. Or yeah, is it uh, that one specific account you have that has the lifetime ban? I don't know. Because I'm just saying, know. you know, open a open a second account just for e-transfers. <laughs> You know that it would make sense, like open one at a credit union or something, mm-hmm. put twenty mm-hmm. bucks down and join the credit union. I think that's what it is. And and there you go. <laughs> now you got like that, and you can tra- e transfer the money. I uh, guess there. that's adding a lot of confusion to my 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 life. So I, I don't want to have I don't have two say, different banks that have my money in them. It seems surprising it, that it would be you, the human being. Yeah. That someone has gone. You cannot do e transfers for the rest of your life. Yeah. Just went like that. Uh, that. There's something there's something amiss about that. Like, and I have heard this story before, and I get where yeah. it's coming from. Mm-hmm. But like, I think if you talk to somebody, uh, well, I did. I did thing. speak to someone about it one time, and they were like, "Well, someone's made a complaint about you." Yes. I'm like, "Okay," and you know who that person is, and right. I'm like, "No." And they're okay. like, "Well, you know, you know who this person is because you owe them money," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> I don't, I don't know who they are. So, uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do about it. I, I, one of these days I feel like phoning again just to see if there's like some sort of statute of limitations. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully, I've, hopefully it's passed. Yeah, there's definitely a follow-up question to this. Yeah. I'm just like, well, how do I fix this? Yeah, yeah, I guess I could. And then, uh, they who do I have to pay? Who do I have to pay to get? Yeah, it, you know what? It probably does involve like some kind of fine that you pay. Probably, yeah. and then you know da, 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 that's all uh, boo ba boo. I usually just get as you know, you just pay me through Lisa if you have to send me any e transfers. So sure, sure, you know, I, and I and I and I get that. It goes it's, into the same account. To be honest with you, it goes in and out. Then you are fine. The right? only annoying part of it is that if I want to pay someone through, as an e transfer, I have to use her phone to access her bank account, and then like her. Okay. And using like if it's in because it's in her name then and then then it's perfectly fine. So it's not the account then; it's me. Ah, we've answered the question because we both have the same accounts. But the money's coming oh, out of the same there's account. Something weird about that. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. No, there's that, a, there's somewhere there's a post office and has my picture up on the wall. Have you yeah. seen this man? You are. I think you are one or two questions uh, to the right person away from this being fixed. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Who do I have uh, to murder to make this right? This is this is something you know I've dealt with with uh, you know when I've owed money to uh, the government Ooh. or you know other places yeah and uh, you know you get like oh you get so uh, nervous and upset and it's it's just you get you're getting like letters you're getting a, <laughs> an angry uh, you know voicemail yeah. or something and uh, and then like you actually call up a person and go like 
all right, so how do I deal with this? Oh, you just do this. Oh, I could do that. Oh, that's great then. All right, that's fine. Okay, thanks. All right, bye. And it's just like, yeah, you, it's, you're probably a couple of questions away from uh, let's solve this problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, but you put other things in your head and just go, I'm, a, I'm wearing the scarlet letter. <laughs> the scarlet letter. <laughs> and the letter is an S dollar sign. It's a, uh, yeah. Can't, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm a, a, I'm a Welsher. I'm the Welsher. <laughs> Uh, which I don't know if that's a big of a thing to say nowadays. I don't know, but uh, well, it's not. It's not pronounced Welsher. It's pronounced Welcher, and oh, okay. it's spelled W E L C H E R. So it has nothing to do with people from Wales. And, but it's to do with people who enjoy grape juice. <laughs> well, that's that is the biggest sin of all. Okay, because they're a bunch of whiners. <laughs> well, grape juice was de- was developed by Mister Welch as an alternative to communion wine because uh, he was a teetotaler. A- yeah, you know what? You could go through a whole bunch of snack foods and just go like, hey, what's cornflakes uh, about? <laughs> They're so you don't get a boner. Okay. How about the graham crackers? What are those? Those are so you don't get a boner. Okay. I'm going to have some grape juice. Well, this is so you don't get drunk and then have sex. Yeah. Okay. What food isn't to stop me from doing it? Yeah. You know? Uh, oh, Henry Barr. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Henry wants you to get down. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Henry wants you to get a boner. I I found a snack place around the corner from uh, my house. Oh, uh, that I, I okay. Here's the thing. How did you find it? Was it was it is it new or is it you just didn't notice it all this time you were walking up and down the well, street? Let me, I'll tell you how I found it, Dave. Yeah. Um, because we don't have themes or things on this show, so let's just randomly go to this. Um, here's what I did. Yeah. I was uh, ordering food uh, by Uber Eats, and okay. so I was ordering some Uber Eats food. Sure. And so they uh, they list there the things they have, but they said, but there was one uh, tier that was there was just like uh, uh, snacks. And I'm like, okay, what's this about? And it was Lucky's uh, exotic bodega. I'm like, oh, that looks good. Where is that? Oh, it's around the corner. What the shit? I've like walked by that hundreds of times. <laughs> it's called I, Bodega? Bodega, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lucky's Exotic Bodega. Mm. Now, I have... As just, if you're in New York City. Here's my mistake. Yeah. I didn't see the Bodega part. Mm. I just saw the first two things. And it has the exact same coloring and font as a sex shop in my old neighborhood. Ah. So every time I walk by it, I think... You had to oh, avert your gaze. Yeah, I'm like, I shouldn't look at this and I should eat some graham crackers. Damn it, I have a boner. No, yeah, yeah, this is really embarrassing. <laughs> I gotta go to London Drugs. I don't need this. So graham cracker it up. Um, so yeah, I didn't realize it was a bodega. I honestly did think it was a sex shop. And so, uh, yeah, I went in the uh, the other day. Very nice, quite uh, quite pleasant. Um, oh, good. And I good. got myself a bag of chips. Okay. Uh, wow. Lay's, Lay's potato chips. Sure. Uh, Swiss chalet uh, flavor. Oh, how was that? I'm not a fan of Swiss chalet to be honest, but how is no it? No one is. No one likes Swiss chalet <laughs> in the West. I understand that. Uh, but I was just curious. And uh, it, here's what you do: you eat them. You go like you eat one, and you go like, man, I don't think I'm, I'm much for this. But you got a big bag, right? So you like yeah. have a second one, yeah. and you go like, "No, it's not so bad." And then like, gar gar gar, you just like get hooked on them. Okay. Even though you're like, "Oh, I don't like these," but I do. Uh, meanwhile, I got a bag of nori flavored ones for my wife, which okay. is seaweed flavored. She was really enjoying those. Ah. Yeah, they got all these uh, really exotic uh, flavors. Of course, they got all the Kit Kats, all the crazy Kit Kats, mm-hmm. so uh, of the world. 
a bunch of weirdo breakfast cereals. Ah, oh, it's great. It's uh, all uh, snacky, good fun. Yeah, well, that's that's good. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. I oh, I was going to mention then because you're bringing up chips that um, at work today, one of my workmates was given was gifted a bag of Cheetos that come with a with a little. Um, well, it was um, Korean barbecue flavored, and the only way we know this is because in the corner of the bag there was a picture of chicken that looked like it had been barbecued. Oh, okay. But oh. other than that, it was all in it was all it was all in Korean. So this bag was, was, it, was it, just was Cheetos. It a cartoon chicken that looked surprised. No, no, it was not a cartoon chicken. It was an actual picture of, of actual chicken like drumsticks. Okay. That had been kind of put on the corner of this bag. Most of the bag was taken up with with that really I find Korean writing really appealing looking. I just love the round the circles and stuff in it. I just, I just find it really it's a real it's a really appealing looking language I find and and very graphically pleasing the way did it's you, shaped. Did you get to uh, have a, one of them? I got to have all of almost all of them because he he offered them, he offered them around. And what he didn't realize though is he started, he poured some out onto out onto my I had some um saran wrap with my sandwich on it on the on my in front of me on the table and so he just dumped some in front of me on my on my uh-huh. saran wraps because he didn't want people reaching to the bag because yeah, that wouldn't course. be wouldn't be very hygienic no. yeah. yes and but then we realized as he was dumping them out that a little pouch fell out as if it was like kimchi noodles oh do you know what i mean and so what you're supposed to do is in the before you eat them as you dig out this little pouch you open it up you sprinkle it into the bag then you shake it and then you've cut coated these uh, ah. these Cheetos that are just like a pale pale white color. They look like albino Cheetos, and then you or, or grubs if you prefer. That's a much more uh, appetizing idea. So then you shake it up, and then you get up these little a uh, kind of semi powdered uh, Cheetos. And so he handed some out, but no, you know, one of the guys we eat, that eats in the room this is like a complete food snob. You know, and he he won't eat anything but what he likes. You know, and it's not like he's like the healthiest eater in the world. Although he does eat seaweed, which I find, I guess that's supposed to be healthy. I can't imagine it's pleasant. And then, what's that? It, it it can be. It depends how you eat it. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. These are just like I mean, dr- these are like dried dried seaweed wafers. Kind of. Depends how much like salt is in it. Yeah. Ugh. It's just a sodium bomb. Yeah. See, I'm not a big I'm not a big sodium guy. And so um, okay. so then uh, but so yeah, he one of the pe- so one person ate them. I guess, and then he was eating them, and he decided he didn't like them, so he gave me the bag of them. So I, I, I got the lion's share. But the funny thing was, because you had like self-applied this powder, when you went to put them in your mouth, I never noticed this before. But when you put something in your mouth, you breathe. Did you know that? Did you ever notice that? Like you put something towards your mouth, you'll breathe as you bring it towards your mouth. I guess because you anticipate oh. chewing, so you breathe a little bit, so you have some air, so you're not having to like breathe and chew, you know while you're chewing. And no, so, no, I didn't. Yeah, but it's something that we do. You're testing it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to picture it. In my yeah, yeah. So as you bring your food to your mouth, you go, and then you put it in your mouth. And so the problem is, is you breathe in this powder, though. And so we were all going like, because <coughs> the powder is going down your throat and making you cough because it, you're breathing it off of the off the Cheeto as you put it up to your mouth. So it was the coughingest, the coughingest um, chips Cheetos ever had. But it was good. It was it was like I say, Korean barbecue flavored, which I do like Korean barbecue quite a bit. We actually have a Korean barbecue restaurant in Langley City. You know near where I live, 20 minutes away, right. super close, just a, you know, three-hour walk. Um, and yeah, so, so yeah, it was quite good. It was, I, I thought oh, it was good. Nice. I think I was alone in, in my opinions, but that's okay. It's okay to be alone in your opinions. We, uh, we, we try to, uh, by we, I mean, I had nothing to do with this. Um, my, uh, my, my sister-in-law, Vicky, and uh, my, my wife yeah. uh, were trying to get uh, pickled herring for my mother-in-law mm. for, um, 
Christmas. And she loves pickled herring. Yeah. And so uh, I, I was looking up like the top pickled herring places in Vancouver and uh, very few. <laughs> I was going to say very few. Well, Woodward's is gone now, so you can't get the... Yeah. Uh, the, the number one place was uh, that sandwich place that you... Um, you uh, go to occasionally with the big sandwiches. That guy. Oh, this the uh, yeah. He's closed down though. The sh- last charcuterie. Yes, he he uh, closed down before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, so so uh, we looked online, and it was like this is where this is where you get it. We went to his website. We got so much of it. We got it this way. We got it that way. We got it that way. That way. The number one uh, pickled herring place. And be, you know, it's like this is the place. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah. So uh, they do a big drive out to to big sign on the front. Yeah. Pickled herring, big sign, huge yeah. sign. Also says closed, <laughs> but it's full of people. Oh. It's full of people that are like ordering sandwiches. So uh, here's the thing about Vicky. Uh, she will. She just go in. Like yeah. if CC if CC's this is bullshit. She's going to go in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like this is clearly open. So she goes in and uh, is asking uh, about the pickle herring while he's serving sandwiches to uh, people. Um, was this recently or a while ago? Yeah, yeah, yes. I heard that he closed. Exactly. Yeah, well, fuck, fuck that. No. So anyway. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. One, it's not closed. Yeah. Or if it's, or he's saying it's closed. It was too full of people, by the way. And, and you know, fucking with no mat. Bullshit. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's where it's warehouse guys, right? That go there. So, like, yeah. you're not you're gonna find a particular a particular breed of human. That's right. People spreading COVID. That type of uh, person. <laughs> so they go. So she goes in and she's asking about it, and he's like, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, no, not anymore. Basically, not since that bitch broke my heart or something like that. <laughs> like, there was someone who was a liar. She, he had a problem with a woman, and she liked pickled herring. And so I'm never serving it again. Okay. But not taking it down from uh, the website, not mm. taking the sign down, yeah. not doing anything of this. So, yeah, that was a frustrating move of just like, one, having to go into COVID Central. Two, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A uh, big sign out, uh, that's nothing. And it's all from the network. Yeah. So it was just like, uh, not to, so I'm, I'm giving that place a bad review. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I. It's a weird, it's a weird place because... It's like it's like a deli, and he has yeah. like this tables with all this kind of deli stuff laid out. You know, like yeah, I did see um, the marzipan and things of like that. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's uh, it's in no way does it look like it's saleable or that you'd want to buy that stuff. To be honest, you basically you're just there for the sandwiches. There's there's no other reason to. Yeah, to go it was there. just weird that they pushed the pickled herring so hard yeah and then when he got there no no dice no pick there and get out of here because she broke my heart I'm like okay <laughs> whatever or some such that's or terrible rip me off or some such so yeah that's felt, that's too bad but it felt like it was this place was not open yeah but it was open yeah winkety winkety so come on in and you know can i can i ask a question can't you get some of that stuff at ikea no oh no you can't get pickled herring at ikea oh okay because no. they do sell like some Scandinavian delicacies they, there. They do indeed. You're okay. absolutely correct. But this specific thing that uh, uh, you can't get licorice there, I think. So which she also likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you you couldn't get it, uh, and so there was like this big hunt for it. And, oh, the, that's and, too the, bad. and the, the pain in the ass was too that they were on their way to uh, to to her place, and we're like, oh, we'll just stop off there on the way. Yeah. Uh, because clearly they'll have it mm-hmm. since there's an entire 
page of all the different types they have, and they're so proud of their pickled herring. But, you know, someone broke his heart, and so no pickled herring for anybody. <laughs> Yeah, but from what you're saying, maybe it probably wouldn't have been the best pickled herring, and maybe <laughs> it, was, it, it was probably it's probably sitting on been sitting sitting on a table for the last five years or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what it all kind of feels like. There's like a slight layer of dust and everything, and you you just Ugh, okay. I'm not gonna get that marzipan. I don't like marzipan anyway, but you, yeah, you don't like marzipan. You are uh, you are the Turkish delight fellow. <laughs> yes. I do like Turkish Delight. But I'm not a fan of Turkish Delight that, per se. I'm a fan of... one person I like who, who, who I know that likes uh, Turkish Delight. But I'm not a... Like, I don't really... I know people say I like Turkish Delight. I don't really like Turkish Delight. I like Big Turk chocolate bars. Ah. So I'm not really like a Turkish... I don't eat Turkish Delight. I just will occasionally buy a Big Turk chocolate bar that has a jelly with chocolate around it. You know? Because I like sweets more than I like ch- chocolate. So uh, it's like my ideal chocolate bar because it's uh, gummy <laughs> inside chocolate. <laughs> that's all I asked for. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's um, that's all I it's about. I say, every time I see Turkish Delight, I think of you. Good. And I'm like, hey, Good. I know the guy who likes this. I know Good. one guy. I know the guy who yes. likes this stuff. And they go, Dave? I'm like, yeah, Dave. <laughs> he is the one person. The Turkish Delight guy. You yeah, know, yeah, that's me. That's me. He spent his childhood in Narnia. <laughs> I remember an episode. He has, he has goat legs, yes. I think it was Lord Peter Whimsey, Dorothy L. Sayers', Sayers character, uh, character. And I remember there's a story that she did where the character is eating Turkish Delight all the time in the story. But what you don't know is that he has coated his Turkish Delight in arsenic. And so his oh. wife is eating it as well. Oh. And... And so she dies. But he had, he had slowly built up a resistance to it by eating uh, smarsenic every day in small amounts and slowly built up a resistance to it. But she didn't. So then when he powdered the, the Turkish Delight with, with a mixture of arsenic and sugar, or you know, like icing sugar, then she ate it and died. But he didn't. And then Lord Peter Whimsey caught him by giving him a gift of Turkish Delight. And this guy was like greedily wolfing it down. And then, then he learns that it's been coated in arsenic and that if he hadn't, it seemed like kind of a daring way to reveal the murderer was to almost murder him. What if you were wrong, Lord Peter Whimsey, which I know you never are, but what if you were wrong? And then this person was like, ah, I not, I didn't murder my wife. <laughs> and he just falls over dead. <laughs> Whoops. My mistake. <laughs> next, next. Yeah. Uh, luckily he's, he's one of those old fashioned mystery solvers, you know, that got the, the got it right on the first try. Not one like Inspector Morse, who yeah. that show bothered me so much because it was basically him accusing each person in descending order until they got to the murderer. But everyone else had been accused before the murderer got accused, and it just seemed kind of like this. Like he just kind of like chose some sort of like re- list of people, and he just went along and accused each one, and then eventually one of them would like get, jump in a car and try to escape or whatever. But you know, but they and whoever ran in the car and tried to escape, yeah, the yeah, then you're like, oh, that's a murderer. Yeah, you Got all him. did it, and whoever runs, you go like, oh, it's him. I've solved another case. Elementary, my dear, whatever my partner's name is. Well, I know the plot uh, to every house episode was he does like three to four things wrong. Yeah. And then the most extreme thing that he tries at the end, it, it gets it. But I was thinking like, because he's based on, you know, Sherlock Holmes, it's Holmes' house, 
There you go. It's a it's a fun joke. Um, but like Sherlock Holmes doesn't go around going duh, <laughs> yeah. get, me get me wrong all the time. <laughs> That's right. Then, like, That's what I mean. When he nails it. Yeah, he's part of like the original idea of like a mystery solver, like a detective, and that you get it first try, and you reveal it in a parlor, or whatever, like Hercule Poirot or Sherlock Holmes or Miss Marple. None of them like spend the the you know the entirety of the book going around accusing people of murder, and then eventually, finally. You know, obviously the last one, because this is the one who, like, breaks and, and tries to run or whatever, or pulls out a gun. That's right! I did it! Uh, you know, that's that, that's basically how they solve their mysteries. There's no, like, mystery solving. It's just they walk, go walk around, learn some things, go listen to a forensic examiner talk about what they found, and then they just spend the rest of the, the time pointing their fingers at various people who, you know, go through various levels of, like, anger, you know, denial, belligerence, and then one of them, one of them you know, uh, cracks. And gives up. Yeah, the, what, gives it up. What you do get with uh, Poirot, at least the ones I've seen, yeah. is uh, people are they're snobs always. So oh, of course. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, How could you dare accuse me? It was clearly her, and you know she's a, a scullery maid, <laughs> and like yeah. You know, so they're accusing each other. So that he's not accusing them. It's just, I don't know. I just am. I'm very <laughs> French, and uh, and yeah, they're accusing each other, and then at the end, lays it all out and uh, goes, huh? And he goes, oh, good one. Well, well, well done. And uh, yeah, just Who? watch Death, Death on the Nile. So there's a bit of that. You watch Death on the Nile. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, he plays like he plays dumb, and that's kind of Miss Marple as well, right? Like Miss Marple, everyone just thinks of her as like this this sort yeah. of dumb dumb village gossip, and then she's re- actually as sharp as a cookie, you know, sharp as a knife. I was gonna say sharp as a cookie. That's not sharp. <laughs> Cookies aren't sharp. Cookie full of razor blades, you know, like in the old days. <laughs> that's right. Sharp as a razor blade, uh, encrusted cookie yeah it's i'm just trying to think now what like what what is the last kind of classic detective of that sort i'm and i have Columbo in my mind as being like the last kind of you know he knows who did it and he just spends the the episode well, we uh, all know who did it too we know who did it too so the the game is him tripping up the 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 the, the murderer and that kind of that's kind of a twist on that but he still knows who did it and, and you know his goal is to like prove it you know, yeah, he, no, he doesn't really okay, like he occasionally though doesn't know anything till the very end, mm. and like someone will say something just like and really blow it like, in the last <laughs> 10, ten minutes. But you he think like oh he knows more than he yeah he's yeah saying. yeah. But then occasionally they'll dumb up the episode and they'll just like in the okay. very last second someone will like uh, go uh, I love snow and like mm, wait a minute and then like, you know, you said that. Yeah, that's that's a question because why is he hanging around this one guy? It doesn't seem like he's doing anything but bothering this one person, you know, pestering them with questions. I always assumed that meant he suspected them. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah, it seems very random. I'm going to take him off of the list then of of the last kind of last great detectives because that seems too random and not and not not a good way to to go about solving crimes. That's something we were talking about because we were talking about the two minute mysteries with with Jason a couple weeks ago, and I was thinking. When I was a kid, I would, I would, uh, bo- I would, well, I say borrow. My grandma would like give me piles of uh, um, Ellery Queen's mystery magazine. I think it was called. And it was basically, you know, Ellery Queen. Ellery Queen was the detective character, of course. And then, so he would always have the lead story, and then other authors would would there'd be short stories for other authors with little mysteries in them and 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 things. And I loved reading those as a kid because they were just like they were just like. The easy, like just milk and cookies for your mind, right? Just like the easiest read you could do, and just so pleasant. You know, just open it up, and they're all, they're all very well written, and 
and then but and sort of entertaining you know and also kind of growing up and i was i think i was still in junior high when i would read those so i appreciated that sort of you know the mysteries of kids in college and things like that. <laughs> college oh what's that like and i remember one mystery the 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 I was more. It wasn't really about. It wasn't wasn't a murder or anything. That it was a case of of plagiarism between a student and the one student had gone to the trouble of mailing himself the essay that he wrote, and it was and he put it in this envelope and he'd carefully all bound it up with tape and stuff like that, and so it was sealed. And this proved that he he had written the essay first, and the other kid was the was the plagiarist. But the the solution was that. The reason the envelope was so heavily taped up and stuff like that is he'd already opened it. So he mailed it to himself. It arrived with his postmark to show that, you know, it was, show, show when it was mailed and dated. But then when it arrived at his house, he opened it up, slipped the essay into it, then sealed it up again and made it look like it was all carefully wrapped up and bound. And then uh, that was the solution. I was thought, oh, that's a really clever way to write a story like that. Well, he feels like he, that was kind of dumb, what he should have done. Yeah. Is like so he's he's mailing an envelope with nothing in, it. so uh, who cares if it's like open or not? So you can actually do the folding <laughs> it in, or just a little tiny bit of tape or something. But who cares? No, no, he would have had to have something in it because the weight would would have been on the on the envelope. Eh, well, it depends how. Okay, yeah, I guess so. Like if you mail it from a post office, which I assume in those days when you, I mean, there's like mechanics in the story which you know made it all work, and you might be all right. right. But in the way the story was, the the envelope was weighed and and you know, it was weighted and weighed and, and charged in that weight, and so it arrived at his place. He just it took out what he used as the ballast for the for the actual exam or essay, and then he tucked it inside it and then sealed it up again, but in a sort of elaborate way that made it look like oh this came you know he went to all this trouble to carefully wrap it up and and make it all foolproof so that no one could open it accidentally, and this is which. You know, this is his proof. It's inside this dated envelope that shows it that he did this before the other person. Well, you and I are men of a certain age, so we have to mention four hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, for, uh, when, we're, when we're talking detectives, let me do. Uh, first of all, I have to mention this person because again, because of who we are. Yeah, it's contractually uh, obligation. Our, our, our demographic uh, amongst ourselves. Um, but uh, uh, Jim Rockford, would you count him as a good detective? Um. On the Rockford files. Yeah, I think he's. A, I think know. he's like a detective in the classic sense of like a gumshoe, like a hardball like detective. detective. Yeah, yeah, Someone yeah. Walks into his life. Yeah. And, and and they're lying. Sure. Almost always lying. Like, I want you to find my dog. Yeah. It's not about the dog. <laughs> not that's not. Story. That's not noir, but that's fine. I'm, I'll, I'll let you. It's hardboiled. Well, hardboiled detective is the okay. Hardboiled detective. Yeah. What makes it? What makes it noir? Well, noir is, is like a noir is film noir is uh, describes films from the forties and fifties that had like a kind of fatalistic element to them of sort of the inevitable inevitability of crime and and its disastrous conclusion. You know, so a film like uh, um, I can't think of the title of it now. I always think Maltese Falcon. Is that one or is that no? That's more. That's more of a hardboiled detective movie with sam spade as the detective solving the the crime and beating up people to get get to the truth but the no i'm thinking more of of things like um oh man i wish like the killing the the stanley kubrick film the killing would be a good good example of that where the there's a heist a successful heist but then the greed of the characters and the double dealing and backstabbing it turns out you know, none of them none of them get ahead and they all and they all the money's gone it's just blown away in in the, the in the propeller the the backwash of a propeller and that's the end of the that's the end of their 
wouldn't that be Maltese Falcon as well? I mean, it's all for naught, right? It's yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess you could say that, but I mean, it's all for naught because it's. But a film, but a film noir doesn't have a detective in it, right? It's just, it's just the characters' actions that push them to that point, right? The number two film noir movie that comes up is the Maltese Falcon. Yeah, Um, weird. See, I wouldn't. Go ahead. I wouldn't say that. See, to me, film noir would be something more like um, Double Indemnity would be a film noir to me. That's the number one. Yeah, uh, so you have two characters whose greed, you know, they cause them to commit a murder in order to collect the insurance, you know, and then, but, you know, then when, when, you know, the murder takes place like a half an hour into the movie. The rest of the movie is just them screwing each other over until the movie ends with the character with the with the character dying in the arms of his of his of his friend his his uh, pal at work who's also an insurance investigator. Well, you tell me if you agree with uh, these as film noir movies. Okay. Then. Okay. Uh, Touch of Evil. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Big Sleep. Uh no. Okay. Uh, the Third Man. Hmm. The Third Man. Film noir. I mean, I guess it has elements of film noir to it. Uh, I guess. I, I don't that's know. A, a I don't like right. it. Yeah, it's a maybe. Then you tell me. All right, I'm going to give you one more. Uh, Sunset Boulevard. Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, narrated by a corpse who, through his own his own uh, perf- perfidy, ends up murdered. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. No, this is something... I can't believe they don't have, like... Oh, man, there's one with Kirk Douglas in it. Is it Journey, in, Journey into the Past? Some movie like that and where... You know, he ends up, or Lady from Shanghai would be another good example. There was some Wells film. Lady from Shanghai would be another good example where the Far, Fargo they list here. Yeah, I could see Fargo for sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, it has the element. Of, it has the Marge, the investigator, in it. But really, you know, she doesn't really have to like. It's actually the character's greed and and you know yeah. and ba- double dealing that causes all the mayhem in it, right? It's not really her. She just kind of arrives on the scene to <laughs> view the aftermath of all this horrible behavior. Um, yeah, it's, uh, like, I think, you know, when you're reading, like, like, uh, Dashiell Hammett, who wrote The Maltese Falcon, and The Big, or not The Big Sleep, but or Raymond Chandler, who wrote The Big Sleep, and, and, uh, books like that, The Lady in the Lake, and, uh, um, those, those, to me, are more like, they're more like, I mean, they have noirish elements to them, I guess, but, the, you know, it's the detective is the hero of it, and to like to say to Raymond Chandler, who wrote the the Philip Marlowe, to him Philip Marlowe was like a knight errant. You know, this this one this one like noble person in this world of of greed and 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 you know murder, and it's through his good character that that only, the, is the only way that good can happen in in the, in the seedy underbelly of L.A. And that's not really noir. Noir is is this kind of like I say it to me to me anyway. I would I associate it with like this idea of the inevitability of fate. You know, once you once you turn your hand to crime, then you know the the end result is your is your destruction. You know, whether it's moral destruction or or physical destruction. You know, you, I mean, you could come out ahead, but usually you don't get what you want. You just have ashes left in your hands. You know, and that's 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 noir to me. Okay. I was watching an interesting film a little while ago. Now I can't remember what it's called. It was this movie about <clears throat> I wish I could remember what it's called. But it was it was actually quite a good film up to the ending because the way the movie the way the movie the way it kind of like presented itself in the, as you know as kind of a noir film. So in the movie there's these it's like about circus people. Like they work are carnies, like they work for a carnival and this one guy who's just sort of like a general, you know, handyman do do whatever kind of uh, guy, he ends up becoming close to this couple who do fortune telling. 
and do like mind reading tricks and stuff like that. And they have like an act and they have this code that they use. And now the husband though has fallen into drunkenness and this character, this handyman character, he kind of wants to wheedle some information out of him. And so he gives him some alcohol, but through a mix up, he actually gives him like pure like alcohol and the guy dies and which he didn't mean to happen, but he does murder this person. Well, then he ends up being in the act with his wife, this, with the guy's former wife, they become lovers. Um, they start doing, they start doing like kind of a, a, a carny version of their old successful act where he learns this code, you know, and so he gives her hints from the audience and then she can, that, so that helps her make guesses of, of, you know, to prove that she's a fortune teller. Right. And so, and then he kind of leaves her, steals the act and goes to New York city with a younger woman and he starts the act there and he becomes very successful. And then he ends up meeting this woman who kind of lures him into the idea that uh, he can make more money by pretending that what he does is real, that he is really a mind reader. And then he has like some kind of connection to God. And so he convinces his wife to, to pretend to be this guy's dead wife in order to like fool him into giving him a bunch of money. And so, and she, of course, she falls apart because she can't do it. It's just so immoral to her to pretend to be someone's dead wife. She just breaks down and admits that what she was doing was wrong and stuff like that. And then this guy, you know, he just gets lower and lower. He loses all his money to this other woman because she double, double dealed him. And then in the end of the film, he's like, um, he's going to be the lowest of the low, which we kind of introduced at the beginning of the film, the lowest of the low. He's going to be a geek in this, in this carny carnival. And that's where the movie should end. Because that's the comeuppance for that character, right? You did all this, you know, all this bad, and you end. This is where you end up in your life. You just end up as a as a geek, the lowest thing you could be. And then, but in the in the movie, they have this thing where he his, his uh, wife, who the woman who wouldn't, you know, she finds him, and there's this you know uh, romantic get together at the end of the movie, and you know, then you know, oh, everything's gonna be all right. And you're like, ah, they. They fucked up the landing. <laughs> Too bad. Because oh. I just feel like a movie like that that's so dark and the character just keeps going down this dark path and, you know, just steals money from people and pretends to, you know, pretends to be a conduit to God to fool people into giving him money and stuff like that. And then, you know, uh, has, you know, killed a man, you know, the come up, you know, there has to be some sort of comeuppance, you know, and, and that actually turns out that was supposed to be the ending of the film. I was reading about it afterwards. That was supposed to be the ending of the film, that he's a geek and that's where the movie ends. Just he's trapped in this world and he's just, because he's become a drunkard and he just can't escape this path he's on, this, this inevitable fate. But it turns out the studio didn't want that ending and so they insisted on a, a happy ending and, you know, kind of, I think, kind of cut the legs out from underneath the movie, as studios are wont to do. And you find out the head of the studio was really a geek. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't, geek he didn't like it. He didn't like it. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of it's a good question though because I can see, I can see like that they're very similar in some ways, but I I do think the hard boiled stories are are different from than film noir. Although, although film noir is just like a, a term that was coined by the French to describe a particular style of film that the people who wrote for Cahiers de Cinema, like Truffaut and Godard and people like that, that they like those movies. And so they kind of made up their own fancy term for it. And that, and that's what film noir is describing. So basically what film noir is, is anything that those directors liked of that particular style of movie of that time period, you know? So there. Okay. Good to know. Uh, so, uh, uh, Rockford files, uh, that's uh, a film noir. Good. All right. Um... <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I just finished. I just finished watching Sorry, the just, new, uh, Far, Fargo I just, series. I just accidentally then, unplugged my headphones, so I missed. Okay, and knocked over a coke tin. 
It was empty, oh, fortunately. Clean everything up you need to. It was empty. It was empty. It's fine. I'll just I'll leave it in its its more than likely final resting place. Now, I was watching uh, the new Fargo, and uh, I like this. I, I I like them all, but I think I might be done just because they always end so bummerish. <laughs> that I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, that's film. Yeah, that's film noir. I mean, that's a thing. Like, it kind of. Yeah. I think film noir is that sort of thing where I think it has to exist when in a time when you're comfortable. You know, and I think that's why in the 50s, film noir was very popular, because it was a very comfortable decade for a lot of people. You know, like a lot of moviegoers were living in this very affluent society where it felt like everything was on the up, you know, everything was going up. And so if things were only going to get better. And so when you feel that comfortable, then you can, you can like kind of wallow in other people's misery, you know, because it's not your misery. I would have thought that it would have been the opposite. I would have thought it's like the blues. And that, you know, when you're when you're feeling bad, you want to yeah. listen to the blues. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, I feel better at the end of that. So it's like a film noir <laughs> thing, like, I'm having a hard time at work. Oh, but at least I didn't kill my wife and, you know, now I'm d- d- on the run. shot on yeah. a merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, for the money that she didn't have because she wasn't having the affair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was my mistake. Sure. Oh, I lost everything I loved. And that, now I'm floating in a pool. That's a good example of film noir, I think. Around. Strangers on a Train. I think that's a good example of film noir right there. Yeah. Which has the carousel ending stolen from a totally different book than the Strangers on than Strangers on a Train. It was taken from a book called... Down through a carousel. It was taken from a book by Edmund Crispin. I've mentioned him on the show a few times, a mystery writer. He wrote a book called The Moving Toy Shop. And it ends with a, with a finale on a carousel. And uh, Hitchcock liked it so much that he lifted it from that. He bought the rights to that book and just lifted that ending and put it to the ending of Strangers on a Train. <laughs> oh, okay. So I remember seeing that. The first time I saw Strangers on a Train, I was like, well, they took the ending from a moving toy shop. And then I read about it. And I was like, ah, oh, he, he knew. He's smart. Yeah. He just said, you know what? I need a big ending. And here it is. And then my next movie, Lots of Birds. <laughs> That's what it's called. But no, it's I think that... Lots of Birds. And they went like, how about we call it The Birds? <laughs> That's pretty good. But, why, but don't you like Lots of Birds? And people really know what they got when they're coming in. Uh, uh. All right, how about this? Get this. Too many birds. Yeah, and then like a, 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 a question mark at the end. Yeah. And then you see, you know, uh, is it Tippy? Oh, wait, is it Too Many Birds? Too many birds, and uh, then like it's Tippy Hedren, right? And she's she's yeah, her Hedren. shoulders and looking around like yeah. I don't know. She's like, "There's too many birds." I can't and remember. Then, I can't remember the name of the granite-jawed actor who's in that film. Mm, he's also Carrie, in Carrie Granite. Carrie Granite. He's also in the Time Machine, the George Powell oh, okay. movie, but I don't remember his name. Uh, there's absolutely no way of knowing. Yeah, well, no I do. I I could look it up, but why bother? Exactly. That's that's what I say. I say why bother. <laughs> Um, so Wait, I just want to I just want to go back to this a little bit because I think right now where we are in this time in this time period, I think that like like I, I like I enjoy watching horror movies. Like I'm a okay. I'm a horror movie buff. I enjoy horror films and I like to watch them. But to be honest with you, for the last year since about March, I have not felt like watching horror movies. I've wanted okay. to watch comfortable movies that make me feel comfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. And I think that's a, uh, a, an example of why I think that noir was popular in the 50s. I think when you're comfortable, when everything is okay feeling, it's okay to, to, to feel a bit of misery. It's, a kind of, it's kind of like, it's like a little bit of, you know, it's like a little frisson. You know, imagine if we were miserable. What would that be like? Ooh. But when you're miserable, when you're like going through a pandemic, 
then you don't want to you don't want to be miserable you want to feel comfortable because you're not comfortable so then you want to watch things that make you feel comfortable then you're like ah i don't want to watch some woman being chased through a house by a guy with a knife i want to watch a movie about two people falling in love ah that sounds better so you know it's just it's just uh, i think it's just a, a a way of like i think movies kind of ref- don't reflect necessarily um the society so much as just the 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 tenor of the times you know like, like how how that society views itself but also how it how it feels about itself you know and so you know, i just think that you know when things are okay then you you're okay with things being bad especially for other people do you prefer to watch a horror movie at home or uh, in the theater with other people well in the theater with other people is great and we don't i mean you've been doing it you were doing a bit of that i mean mm-hmm. you still are um, no, not right now. They're close. For but... most folks, it's not really an option. No, not uh, right now. To do, to do that, you know, and so you you miss out on that, you know, the cr- the the crowd around you, that energy of like. You well, know, you you'll miss release. that. Yeah, you'll miss that right now. Anyway, like the last movie that I saw with a full audience was Mary won a contest to go and see the most recent iteration of Jane Austen's Emma. Okay. The the version with uh, the Autumn to Wild version with um Anya. Taylor Joy, is that her name? Who's in uh, The Queen's Gambit. That's probably yes. where she's best known from now. And New Mutants. And yes, I don't think that's really put her name into the, Which into the stars. Which was but... a horror movie, but was it? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there's an example of uh, mix, uh, jo- uh, like sort of genre mis- mistitling, I guess. But, um, yeah, that, that's the last film I saw with a bunch of people. And that was a real joy, because particularly because a bunch of people around me, who were also, I guess, contest winners had never seen Emma before or read it, apparently. Like, there were actual gasps near the end of the film when, when the truth came out of the plot. And I had never experienced that before with, with, with uh, Emma. And I, it was a real joy to be in this kind of group with a group of people who are, like, genuinely surprised and, like, so pleased when the movie ended. Like, there's all this chatter and people were really happy when it, when it was over. It was a really good feeling. I mean, going to see, like, Tenant in the theater, which I loved, by, you know, as you know, but... I saw it with four other people mm. in a in a in a theater. So, you know, there's not a lot of like wow or whatever from the audience, right? Like no one's going <gasps> no one's doing that. No one's going no one's going what? What's going on? <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. So it's it's just like it's just a totally different experience. And I you know, I do like going to the movie theaters, but you know, it's not the same. I really when I say I like going to the movie theaters, and I know people think this is crazy, but I like to go to a movie theater with other people and lots of other people. I don't. I don't mind a crowded movie theater full of people making noise and kids talking and and stuff. That doesn't really bother me at all. I just I can. I don't like people whispering near me. That's the one thing I don't like. But uh, no, no, I'm 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 not for that. Like uh, hush, yeah, hush, uh, <laughs> hush. Uh, and, and, yeah. and watch and watch the movie. I, um, and when I say I don't mind talking, I don't. I mean I don't mind like a little bit of talk. I don't mean like constant chatter from two people who decided that this is like the best best time to like spend the whole movie talking with each other like they've come there <laughs> to a business meeting get out of here but like i just mean like people kind of going like what or you know what things like that you know this i enjoy like the hubbub and the excitement of an audience watching something i can't eh. believe there's already a uh a, a lockdown horror movie that's uh that's out oh you're talking about the zoom the zoom meeting one uh yeah the host host yeah yeah it's, it's pretty good oh okay so I, haven't, have I haven't seen it. seen it i have not seen that one but mary mary watched it and told me it was pretty good so yeah, I was looking at like what the best reviewed horror movies of uh, mm. uh, 2020 are. Uh, the the number one uh, one I've never I, I've never heard of. Yeah, uh, but it sounds pretty good. It's uh, His House. Have you heard about that? Yes, yes, that's okay. the that's on Netflix. 
Is that yeah. on Netflix? It has the it has the um it has the one of the actresses from from um uh, Lovecraft con- uh, country oh, in yeah, it. Oh yeah 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 okay yes, yeah yes. yeah yeah uh, uh, about uh, yeah, some refugees and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. ghosts and yeah yeah that looked really good that looks really good I just it's I just don't got a hundred percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes so. yeah there you go I mean like you know that, that's whatever but yeah it's um I just feel like Rotten Tomatoes right now it's kind of like like there's not enough reviews to really like get a good <laughs> sense oh, of how good or bad something is. It's got 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has three reviews. So that's, yeah. you know. <laughs> the Invisible Man has 91%, and I would uh, strongly disagree with that. Yeah. Um, someone said that was one of the best horror movies of the year in a, in a wow, round of I was watch, watching, and I was like, what, really? I don't know about I mean, it's fine. It's just, like I think, you know, there's, some, there's some good action scenes. There's some fun. Movie. Yeah, it's got a few well, interesting things in it. but uh, things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I, can't, I can't give that one to you. Sorry. Can't. Can't do it. <laughs> so Vampires versus the Bronx gets 89%. And I, I, I can't do that one either. I, I have not seen that one. That's, uh, it didn't again, sound, it didn't sound like Netflix it. Netflix or something. Yeah, it's Netflix. They should have called it Attack the Bronx. Sure. Hey, you know, what's what's with the sequel to that? Let's get the, the <laughs> Come on. sequel. Come on, Joe Cornish. popular, yeah. He he was too busy doing the kid who would be king. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that. What that oh, is. it's like a modern retelling of of King Arthur, but with a with a like a thirteen year old kid in the in the in the playing like the Arthur role, and his friends uh-huh. make up the round table and stuff. And it's uh, let me just say, if I was an eleven, ten to eleven, like a ten to thirteen year old kid, I would love that movie. I would love it. Like oh. as an adult watching, I'm just kind of like, this is okay. This is fun. But uh, I think if I was like of of age for that film, it, I would think it was the greatest thing ever. It's but it's been on Crave for a while. I don't know if it's still there. That's where I saw it anyway. I wanted to see it in the theater, but I just couldn't get it together to go to see it. But now here's here's a question I got about Merlin for you. Merlin, uh, Merlin. Um, you know they got that uh, so, some interpretations of Merlin have okay. him uh, uh, aging backward. Cool, I like it. That's a Merlin. Thing. Yeah, that's fun. So does that mean though when we see old man merlin yeah hanging out with king arthur yeah he's like a teenager or a child like is he just a is he just like a little kid at that point giving mm-hmm. king arthur advice and king arthur's like this guy knows what's what because he's an old man but you don't know no he's not he hasn't even gone through puberty yet he is just a kid he knows nothing and so he's like, <laughs> he loves hanging out with this guy who's a knight yeah the sword and they're fighting things and of course his advice is always going to be let's fight because he's a kid he doesn't know nothing but is that is that the <laughs> angle on Merlin? Um, because he's supposed to age backwards. Yeah, uh, you know what? You got me there. I am no I'm no expert on on Arthurian. I mean, my my knowledge of Arthurian legends mostly comes from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Very good. Uh, so and, I've never read Merlin I've never read Mallory or anything. Yeah. All right. The people who are out there who know this sort of thing, let uh, us know. What up? <laughs> let us know about Merlin. What up? More about Merlin. Um, Did, wasn't there a, wasn't there a toy when we were kids, Merlin, where you had to like? Of course. Was the was the one where you had to imitate the various lights? Yeah, like a well, this is the thing. Merlin came out at the same time as Simon, and I thought, you buy Simon, you're an idiot. What Simon? Merlin, What's Simon? Simon was the uh, four colored uh, repeating game. Oh, okay, so okay. The, like basically, it would do the uh, uh, close encounters of the third kind. Yeah. And I all right now copy it. <laughs> yeah. And it gets faster and more complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, you could do it with your friends a lot easier than you could with Merlin. But Merlin, you can do it too. It just doesn't have the colors. So if you want to like do a repeating game, yeah. 
But it also had. Was uh, Merlin like the red thing that was like kind of like a phone? Yes. I had that too. I had that as a kid too. Pretty great. Oh, Pretty fantastic. Fantastic. They, they had like the, the puzzle solving mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. They had basically the equivalent of Mastermind, a version of that that was on there. Oh, we'll have to post. We'll have to post a picture of it on the website just so people can can visualize it. Because imagine we have a whole raft of people out there who are scratching their heads at the mere idea of Merlin. But yeah, that was a that was a fun toy to get at, at Christmas that year. I have no to say. idea why. Yeah, again, I had no idea why anyone would get a Simon when you could get a Merlin. We had Simon yeah. and we had Merlin. We were we were we were um, repeating games, uh, electronic toys, rich. So here's what you got with it. You got tic tac toe. Yep. You got Blackjack 13. So, like, you know. Yeah, basically 21. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you had uh, Echo, which was basically Simon. Basically Simon, yeah. Yeah. You had Magic Square. That's the puzzle one. Mm-hmm. Mindbender, which was a direct ripoff of Mastermind. And then you had <laughs> Music Machine, which was basically made into a synthesizer. Mm-hmm. So you'd. Uh, Pretty simple, uh, but yeah. All, yeah. yeah. All the little uh, songs in real fast. And then, yeah, just play a little bit of that. Yeah, it was great. Oh, it was so good. Oh. It was a fun toy. It was a fun. I mean, if you're, and if, you know, it was one of those things where, of course, it seems like, oh, why would you buy such a, like, clunky, dumb thing like that? It was the latest thing when we were kids, though. Like, it was like, oh, man, you were, you couldn't believe you were holding that in your hands. This thing that had these, like, whatever it was, eight, I guess it was nine or maybe 12, 12 buttons on it that you push to <laughs> make things happen. Yeah, there were, there were uh, uh, 11 buttons. Yeah. Okay, eleven buttons. And uh, then they re-released it mm. in. Um, look, I'm looking at this now. In 1995, what? Uh, they called it Merlin the Tenth Quest, and they oh. added some extra uh, uh, games to it. Hmm. Uh, and uh, for each game completed, an icon was displayed on the screen showing proof of victory. So you know there was. Oh, sorry, there's nine games in total. And uh, yeah, that came out then. And then if you solved all, everything, you got uh, congratulations, you are a master. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of uh, Brave Knight, the challenge awaits. So I guess too much talking. I don't want Merlin talking at me. Shut up. Don't do that, Merlin. We have a relationship with, based on beeps and bloops. You're my uh, R2D2. <laughs> I don't need a lot of yip yap. <laughs> bleeps uh, and bloops. How hard would it have been to just give R2-D2 a voice synthesizer? Just put something on there that translates <laughs> it and let us know what he's but fucking saying. I guess, that, I guess that makes sense, but yeah, I guess he's speaking his own language, so... Yeah, and it's, it's a language that's so easy to learn that, like, Luke learns it, like, instantly. Like, like just so fast and gets it. And, like, and now... Can well, totally he may... But he he works with, with, the, with the droids all the time, doesn't he? So is it possible that he works with other... That is a kind of common language amongst a certain style of, of robot? The first time we see... Okay, the first time we see R2-D2 and C-3PO... Yeah. Uh, he doesn't understand what R2-D2 is saying. C-3PO is translating the whole oh, time. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but then, the like, by the next film, he's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they've been together... Yeah, they've been like, together long enough. That's fine. He's like, hey, watch the swearing. Like, a lot of this That's kind of fine. I guess you never saw how quickly Antonio Banderas learned to speak uh, the Viking language in that movie. <laughs> well, just sitting around a language. just sitting around a bonfire, he picked it up like that. There's like six words, right? In the Viking language, eat, fuck, boat, corn, <laughs> you know, pillage. Like, yeah, yeah, pillage, and you know the other one. We're not going to say what it is. We're not going to say what it is. Well, let's you just know, say canola. We'll just say canola. Yeah, it's canola because they used a lot of canola oil. Yeah, they, absolutely. Yeah, they did a lot of cooking. They did a lot of cooking. <laughs> uh, I want to bring this up uh, uh, with you, and I'm just going to say it before I forget. Um, uh, the show you hate got canceled uh, <laughs> this week. 
<laughs> a show I hate got yeah, canceled. A show you legitimately uh, and like I know hate's a strong. Word, yeah, yeah. I just I, I, I don't really hate fun. things, but fair. But I think it's fair to say this because you brought it up a couple of times on this show. Okay. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take it because I enjoy making you guess. <laughs> yes, I know you too. Uh, I have to guess this show. Much. It's okay. on PBS. It's been on for twenty years. Uh, and it's uh, just got removed from PBS, and parents are rejoicing. Oh, Caillou! Caillou's gone. Yeah, I never watched uh, it on PBS. We were, we I think it was on Teletoon when the girls were younger. But well, what you're missing then, Dave? Yeah, is uh, you're missing the puppets. Oh, it had puppets as well as it the... had puppets because they had to replace the commercial breaks with something. Uh... So uh, there were puppet segments. So you had uh, Gilbert, which is Caillou's pet cat. Or Rexy is is dinosaur, and they have yeah. little adventures. Uh, but they make it very clear uh, yeah. later on that they, this is not in continuity. <laughs> I didn't realize there was it's a continuity. I didn't realize there was continuity with Caillou. Right. Yeah, but, I just uh, I just like Caillou and Caillou incredibly, and I have to say I I mean I guess you know not everyone parents the same way as we've learned this week, and I guess it's. Uh, you know, it's if that's how parents want to raise their children, and you know, make to kind of introduce them to like new concepts through an incredibly fearful child, then <laughs> that's the, you know that's their that's what that's their thing. But I must say that I celebrate the end of that show. Not I don't celebrate people losing their jobs, though. I feel bad. Well, I feel bad for them. Made, no, it hasn't been made for ten years. Oh well, fuck yeah. it then. Get, Those jobs are all yeah. No, no. Gone. It was just, uh, yeah, it was on just for five seasons. Flush, and then flush that fucking thing straight down the shitter. And you know, I don't swear very often, but Caillou that <laughs> just, like, deserves the most foul invective that I can I can think. That that piece of garbage. Is, is his uh, uh, sibling, is she also uh, scared I, of everything? I don't remember that part. I only remember Caillou from it. And that's that's all I needed to see to Were to, you forced to, to watch Caillou because you had children? Was that how that I uh, wasn't, entered? No, there, uh, there is no forcing me to do anything. That's the, the glory of my life as a father. So, <laughs> so um, the girls, you know, the girls were allowed to watch TV for a certain amount of time in, in the morning. And that was one uh, show option that, you know, was introduced early on. And then when I saw what the show was, like how it worked, I, I forbade them from watching it anymore. And that show was not, uh, not allowed to be watched. So there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no like arguing about it. They just went, oh, okay, we can't watch that show anymore. We'll watch this other show instead. That's fine. But yeah, I just don't think that show is a healthy way to teach children. I don't think that you should teach people to be scared of things before they're scared of them. You know, ah, okay. Like I just don't think that's healthy. Like, yes, some people, some people have like a natural fear of water, but I think most of our fears in life are developed through bad experiences of those things. Like, like Lisa has very has a real fear of water, and which is weird to me because I love water so much, and I just love to be in water. But she does not. She really does not like water. But she had a really scary, you know, near drowning experience in water, and that's kind of made her very you know, feel very hesitant about going into water. And that's that's okay. fair. That's a really fair feeling. But I don't think it's good for kids to be taught to be scared of, to that that things are scary. And the well, idea, no. there's so much of Caillou is about him being scared to do yeah, something. Yeah, why don't you tell me about, because like, okay, I, all I know about Caillou mm-hmm. is that he is uh, uh, scared and he's whining <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's and basically so I made, it. I made a joke about that today, which was, uh, cancel culture finally caught up to Caillou. They found some of his old tweets, uh, which said, Wah! That was, that was, that was I, I, I legitimately, I'm doing that secondhand. I don't know. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. So when he like, 
would, would an episode of Caillou be like he's walking uh, in his yeah. backyard and he sees a spider and loses his shit? It's, like, what's his, yeah, what's that's kind of, well, it's, episode? no, it's more like, okay, I just like to use the dentist as an example because I think that's a universal fear for, for people. Okay. Uh, and sometimes a, a fear with some, some, some grounds, like some of us have bad experiences with a, with a dentist, but I don't think, bef- like, so when my daughters are going to the dentist for the very first time, it was introduced like this. Oh, girls, I made an appointment at the dentist, so we're going to go there on Tuesday. That's how it was introduced. And I didn't say anything else about it after that. You There's... wouldn't put a flashlight under your chin. <laughs> right. So, because I think it's wrong. No boys and girls. <laughs> That's right. Here's I... a trip that'll really bite. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the root of all your problems. They they think that yeah. So I just so but on Caillou the way it was approached was that you know he was going to go to the dentist. Then he would like get he would start crying about going to the dentist. Now it was supposed to teach children to not be afraid to go to the dentist. That's admirable, I guess. But wouldn't it be more admirable if the parents said to Caillou, Caillou, we're going to the dentist. Okay, mummy. He gets in the car, goes to the dentist, sits in the office, reads some five year old magazine. Goes into goes into the sees a dentist. The dentist goes through his, you know, you see what a dentist does. That he cleans your teeth. He or he, you have a dentalist. I had a when the girls were younger. We had like a dentist who did like everything. He did the the dental hygienist part of it in quotation marks, and then he did the the dentist part of it as well. So he would clean our teeth, and then he would also do the examinations and stuff. So so that's what the girls were used to. So they would go to the dentist, and he would. So I think it would be better like for, with Caillou to show him like going to the dentist as if it was just like going down the street. And you go to the dentist, and he does. He cleans your teeth, and he he flosses them for you, and he does like you get the fluoride treatment, and he examines you them. Maybe you get an X ray. You know about the flossing, yeah. You, you should floss. Oh, I do. You, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. You're explaining why I haven't been to the dentist in two years because I'm I'm so anxious about going there and getting bugged about about flossing. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So he. So so to me that that makes sense. Like in. Like I think that would be like a good way to te- tell kids about going to the dentist. Just make it seem matter of fact as and part of life, which is what it is for the most part. And and so and so that's how the girls were went to the dentist. We went to a dentist. We went in. They, we sat down. They went in. They got their teeth done. I came in with them for the, their first couple of times. I would sit with them when they went through it. And you know, eventually they they were weaned off of me having to be there, and they could just go in on their own and, and have their their teeth clean and and get get shamed for not flossing. And then. <laughs> And then, uh, although our dentist wasn't much of a shamer for that, he didn't really get on your case. But uh, yeah, and then it's over when you get to go home. That's it. Or you might have a cavity, in which case you have to stay or have to come back again and get a, get, a, get a filling. But, and let's face it, getting a filling nowadays is nowhere near as awful as it was when we were kids oh, no, it's with the good, clamps man. of the dental dam in your mouth and yeah. all the water gathering and you couldn't swallow and you could taste all this fillings and stuff and like all the filings and scrapings and stuff in the in the ugh, it was just awful yeah. they just punch you in the dick <laughs> and the like, f- why are you doing that yeah like, i'm a dentist Boom! Right there. <laughs> and they had like super freeze your mouth and, and then when it, would, when it would finally go off you'd like have this huge mouth ache Nowadays, yeah, they just use like this putty and they use a light to harden it in your mouth and they can shape it and grind it down and it makes a nice little fit in your mouth. And oh, it's just, so easy. I'm, laugh- I'm laughing because there was a time where uh, I, I had to, I, I had some, some overgrown gum in okay. my mouth, yeah. right like in the back. And so I went in and sorry, real fast, I'll just say, yeah. uh, they had to slice a big chunk of my gum out. Ew. 
go boom. Yeah. And, but it didn't hurt me or anything. No, because they gave you some, they gave you some freezing, right? Yeah. So, uh, sew me up. Uh, here's some gauze. Keep the gauze in your mouth. Change it every hour. Yeah. And so I went, and my dad was waiting for me in the car. So I go back down into the parking lot, outside parking lot. Yep. And uh, I, I, he was just so, trying to be cool about it, but I could tell it was so unnerving <laughs> to see me with this mouthful of gauze blood, just like, oh, God, God. It's just like, oh, boy. I probably was spitting some blood out. I just looked like, I looked like the worst thing happened. Yeah, I was a marathon yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Know, but yeah, and he was trying his best just to hold it together. And I'm like, oh, my dad doesn't like the dentist. Okay, I'm getting that. That's nice to know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I just, but I think like with with uh, Caillou, like they would immediately introduce the idea of the dentist as a scary idea, mm. and that you should be and that you should be scared of it, and now you've got to work through your fears. And I don't so think the whole thing is he works through his fears. How does he work through his fears? Like well, he just like, learns a bit at a time what a dentist is like. I guess yeah. Like his parents kind of like coax him along and you know tell him it's not going to be that bad, and you have to be brave. And then he goes there and he learns that it's not that bad. Now that's a good that's a good message in a in a way, and I think that's a good message for kids who are scared of the dentist. But okay. I think but why are you scared of the dentist? Like if you've never been to the dentist before, what? What is making you scared of that? Like there's there's the only thing that can make you scared of the dentist is if your parents present it to you in a scary way. Mm. because there's no other you don't have any other experience with the dentist you don't spend your you know you don't watch like dental films as a as a, as a young child and then you then you know and learn like all this you know mayhem and blood pouring everywhere and then your parents go hey let's go to this dentist thing that looks like it's a butcher shop no you just one day your parents mention this thing you've never heard of and you go there and then the guy does I a mean, bunch of stuff or the woman does a bunch of stuff and then you then you leave i mean anything that involves going to an adult like another adult is scary to some kids like Santa is scary to kids, and Santa's a guy who's going to give you shit. Mm-hmm. There's nothing bad about Santa. Yeah, you know, you sit on the lap. He's uh, nice. Yeah. But you don't you don't go to the dentist until you're you're older than you. Like when you first see, when you go to bring your kids to Santa, like they're you know when they're scared of Santa, they're very young. I mean, after right. a while, they just they they're they're just yeah, fine because they haircuts. They know. Santa. Yeah, they yeah, know they're. And, they, they, and it's like nothing's going to hurt in this situation. They get to the dentist, like, well, you know, there could be some pain involved. In this. <laughs> this is a little bit, mm, you know. Sometimes things go amiss, and yeah, it's yeah. a nerve. And it's like, oh, did I hit a nerve? It's like, yes, mm. and uh, I don't like that. That's a possibility. I have Nothing to say, I have to say that maybe it, it, as sort of like a, a as a whatever a. Whatever. I have to have to say that we had like the girls were so lucky with our, the dentist we had when they were like he was my dentist from my teens on, and he was like the gentlest, most like easygoing dude. Like he was so quiet, so mild mannered. He almost he's kind of boring actually. He's like the most boring person I've ever met in my life. Okay. But that was great because he's a dentist. Like you don't want an exciting dentist. You just want a guy who's quiet. You know, tells you everything he's going to do before he does it. I mean everything. You know, if he's going to like tilt the chair back a little bit, he told you. If he's going to tilt you up, he told you. If he's going to, you know, put a thing in your mouth, he tells you. If he's going to take some of the liquid out of your mouth, he tells you. Like everything. Nothing was a surprise. Like it was always a super relaxing, very easy, easy, you know, easygoing thing. And that's, you know, that maybe is like, you know, that little bit that, that the girls were lucky to have. And maybe other kids don't experience that. Maybe some dentists are more, you know, kind of matter of fact, careless, whatever. And then there is some pain. There is some, is some scariness. But I think you know, and I don't, and I don't think that it's bad for kids to be scared of the dentist necessarily. But you're scared of you're scared of it because there's something scary about it. If and I don't know. I guess I mean I don't know. It's weird. Like the girls, have, 
the girls aren't scared of adults, so that's that's one thing. But then, but then the you know, the, but they just it wasn't introduced in, in a way that that was a threat. You know, I didn't say you know, listen, I want you to sit down. I have to tell you something. In a couple of days, we're going to go to the dentist. I know, I know, it sounds scary, but it's not scary. It's going to be fine. It's going to be just perfect. I'll tell you what I told your brother. brother. (laughs) I'll get to that. What I'm saying is don't flinch. What I'm saying is make sure you floss. Timmy didn't floss. (laughs) Yeah, I just, yeah, and I just found, I just thought that was really weird about Caillou, and so... And so yeah, I just I banned all whining. I'm not a I'm not a fan of whining. I'm not a fan of whining from animals. I'm not a fan of whining from children, or adults for that matter. I'm just not a fan of any sort of whining. Well, you uh, you brought up a little something that I you know want to ask your opinion on. Sure, sure. Speaking of such things, yeah, is uh, you know uh, again, I would say like uh, except for uh, what happened you know later in the week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone was uh, everyone was uh, all a flutter about <laughs> um, about being dead. Well, everyone, when when you say that, you mean if Twitter was a was a flame. Titter, Twitter was a, a titter. Two two percent of the world were 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 upset about the cool two percent. <laughs> sure, whatever. Yeah, everyone, everyone. To, to, I think everyone needed a little bean dad. Things were yeah. just uh, like we're in the middle of you know a pandemic sure. and things are crazy and yeah. things are big yeah. and we needed something small. To be like, hey, that's not right. <laughs> and, and it was great. It's like, oh, this seems like a really arrogant guy. Oh, I'm, oh, that's great. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, talk. Let's talk about this. It's funny. I didn't know who he was, but I mentioned like somebody came up at work. You did, or you didn't know? Somebody? I didn't know who he was. No, as a musician or it, a podcast. It first came up to me. Uh, it, somehow in my feed, there was one of the one of the Mabam Bam guys or whatever they call my brother, my brother and me. Okay. I, uh, one of those McElroy brothers was tweeting out that they needed to find a new theme song because they were dumping the theme song that, that this this guy you're talking about, John Roderick, had, had composed. So I didn't know anything. I didn't know who John Roderick was or any any of this stuff. I've not seen the video that, that, that caused all the, the uproar. There's no video. Oh, there's no video. It's just him, like, relating it. Oh, that seems really weird to get so upset about someone relating it was, something. It was, a long, yeah, it was a long series of tweets. Okay. Like, basically, just the, in a nutshell, he was doing a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. His uh, daughter said, I'm hungry. Yeah. Uh, he said, you know, you should open some uh, beans. Yeah. Uh, she went, okay, uh, how do I do that? And gave her a can opener and said, open some beans. And then six hours later, mm. she is able to open the, she finally opens the beans. And he's like, and she, she, uh, he thought like, oh, that's a good teaching moment. Yeah. And so yeah. She, he didn't help, help her apparently. Yeah. I mean, this is the gist, right? Uh, <laughs> later he said he did. But like, uh, he's, he's, yeah. she's got to learn it on her own. She doesn't know how a can opener works. Sure. Six hours later, uh, she opens the can yeah. of beans. And she's like, and I and she learned something from this. Yeah. And everyone went, "Yeah, you're a monster. Feed your fucking child." And that was it. And he was like, "Oh, how dare you?" Yeah. And then people went, "Hey, you know what? Let's look back and see what previous tweets were like." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. holy shit! Turns out he's a, a lot of uh, ironic, a bit of an edge lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, racism. Yeah. And I'm like, oh boy. And so, uh, yeah, that all kind of collapsed on itself. And he, sure. And he, he did the uh, the very smart thing of like. Doubling, doubling down. down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because oh, no. well, I was gonna say like all in. The, the 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 I'd heard about this guy. I didn't know who he was, but I heard him about because a friend at work is a big fan of Omnibus, which is the uh, podcast that's hosted by uh, former uh, Jeopardy champion Ken. What's his name? That guy, 
Ken, no. Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings, that's right. Ken Jennings hosts this podcast called called Omnibus with this guy called John Roderick. And so my only ex- experience of this guy is is uh, one of my workmates railing against this guy and telling him what a jerk he is and how much he can't stand him. Like he really likes Ken, uh, Ken Jennings and thinks he's really great and loves loves the show. But he doesn't. He finds the co co host of the show just a really obnoxious like jerk who is, thinks way too much of himself and. And, you know, makes these really a bizarre... And I think this guy is, like, rhetorical, right? Like, I think this whole six hours thing is not true. Because he's also claimed in the past to have walked 60 miles a day. Now, that means he's been walking for about 12 hours a day. Because we humans walk around five miles an hour. So, he's... So, I think he's just a person yeah, who likes to make outrageous... I don't want to say that... Uh, okay, I'm not going to say what family member of mine did this. Yeah. I did have a family member that was spending about 10 hours a day running for okay. a period of time. Yeah, like yeah. Really long, sure. long, 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 long runs, and they went through that. Yeah, yeah. So looking at but they may, but he wasn't running. He was walking. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. But it, So it, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I just think that he's a person who likes to make big statements and then people call him on it and then he get, he like, he'll get into a Twitter tussle over it. And right. that's that's his thing. And so I think he like... I think he slightly exaggerated the, the six hours, and he probably probably regrets that now. I think he made a, like a, an apology, didn't he? But anyway, yeah. And well, here's one of the things too. When he was uh, when people were uh, complaining, it's just like, hey, she had a big breakfast. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and like I wasn't starving her, and people were like, she was hungry, and then you made her wait six hours to eat. Like she was really hungry by yeah, your yeah. story. Yeah. That's really, really hungry. No, and this is where this guy... What is she eating? One can of baked beans. Yeah. I'm like, what is she, a hobo? Yeah. Like, again, there's... Okay, but please, go ahead. And I was just going to say, this is where this person made a mistake, because... And as he's as he's declared on, on Omnibus, according to my friend, he loves to get in arguments online. Mm. That's his bread and butter. He wants to get into big big disputes online. That's what he's there for. So, so this yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> so people are calling him on this, and so instead of being doing the obvious thing you should do now, which is say, listen, you know, a lot of people are upset about this, and thinking about it now, you're right. I I was a bit of a jerk as a dad, and I apologize. In reality, I'm a loving dad. I love my daughter. We have a great relationship. Blah blah blah. You can just say whatever you want. Make it clear, you know. He has talked about it on the show how much he loves his daughter and what a great relationship they have. He's a single dad, I guess, so he has, you know, he has a he has her on weekends or whatever, and and so uh, so yeah, that's what he needs to do. But instead of that, you know, he's like his, you know, his like his, uh, you know, his I guess fight rather than flight. He he goes for fight, and so now he's like, you know, people are like calling him on this. So rather than just doing what's sensible and backing down no he has to like put it all down on the table and like no you're all wrong i will show you how wrong you are by getting in a big fight having my song taken off a podcast getting people really mad at me you discovering old stupid tweets that i did when i was younger and oh boy what a mess i've made of everything yeah it's a i i kind of don't like when i was hearing about this i was kind of like i can see why people are mad uh probably don't want to cancel a guy who's like you know supporting his daughter because then you know She's not eating any. Also, for you know, like, not just because she can't open the beans, but because there's no beans in the house. That's maybe not the best thing in the world to do. So, uh, but yeah, I kind of feel like he's he's like um, he's his his um, his his um, what do what do you call it? His his listenership, I guess I'll say, or his you know whatever is 
uh, made up of sort of people that aren't probably not going to like throw him over over this kind of stuff. So, well, isn't it okay? Listen, it feels to me this is one of those. Aside from you know, yeah, your songs being taken off of my brother, my brother and me. Yeah, uh, but like, is there bad publicity? Like it, like you know, the next episode of his Ken Jennings podcast. Yeah. A lot of people are going to listen to that episode. I guess so. And, you know, if it's like and, we're going to talk about it, oh yeah. shit! Like, watch your watch your ratings go now through the roof. And if you're in any way entertaining on that episode, yeah. they're going to some are going to stick around. And mm-hmm. now you're gold, brother. Yeah, you know. I know, but this, yeah, I mean, things are going to... Some places, or, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, he might, like, he does a, he does a, a war movie podcast for, for Max Fun. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll remove that show from their, from their network, you know, if they, if they have issues with this. Or maybe they'll just take his apology as, as a mea culpa and, and move on. I, I don't know, but... Well, if you're one of these guys who, you know, it, your, your bread and butter, as you say, is starting fights on, <laughs> yes. like being the controversial guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, eventually you're going to be yeah. too controversial, <laughs> yes. and 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 it's uh, you know so far you weren't getting it for calling these oh my god mm-hmm. these things you're saying yeah I'm like all right <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't I because I don't know him I don't know him well enough and I don't know the, all the circumstances around it well enough like you're telling me and, and it sounds awful but I feel like. I kind of feel like at the same time, it sounds like there's a certain rhetorical element to it where he's, he's kind of oh, thrown okay. out like a big number to, just to kind of like shock people, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, of course he is. Of yeah. course he is. But well, he's got to like go up and like, so I'm raping my grandma. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's a person who like. And my grandpa saying, walks in and says, that's not how she likes it. Yeah. That's, the... <laughs> that's right. Hey, you know, she likes it the way you do. <laughs> um, yes. it's <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> The aristocrats. <laughs> by the way, by the way, yeah. it's still how Trump should leave the White House. <laughs> that is the last thing he should say as he's leaving the White House. Just turn and like the aristocrats, and that's it. That's the end. Just, like, Perfect. We would go clap, and they'd uh, they'd forgive him of everything. It would be fine. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, he's uh, you know he wants uh, this, this he wants attention. One of these guys who are like I'm going to use these shocking terms in a time period where it's okay to use these shocking terms, yeah, which yeah. means they're not that shocking because you use them in the safe period where mm. we could. Yeah, and yeah. It's this little pocket where we're all like, hey, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, once again, it's a time of a time of comfort, you know, and so people. You know, so it's okay to be outrageous because everything's safe. You know, and feels threatened by that. You know, well, you do it now. People are like, "Hey, hey!" People are being threatened. Like, you know, there's all kinds of like problems out there with people beating up other people of other colors and stuff like that. Like, let's stop with all that kind of junk. You know, like, but in the 2000s, people are like, "We can be, we can be kind of mildly outrageous about this stuff because." You know, no one's gonna do. No one's gonna beat people up because of their color of their skin, are they? Oh, they are. Oh well, let's knock that off then. Well, I was I was talking to I was talking to uh, again my sister in law about this. Uh, the Quit other day. talking about stuff with people. I, I, I will. Uh, sorry, I should save it all for here. But I was thinking about that. How there was this pocket of just like just unshockability, and it, and to me it was it was like you had nine eleven, mm-hmm. and then you were told nothing's funny anymore, and we forget that that it was like. You know, that was the whole thing about Saturday Night Live. It's like, could they go back on the air? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like, can we joke about anything? And, and you know, it was like, is irony dead? And so the comedians, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, had to go, it's still around. 
Yeah. We're going to be as shocking as possible. <laughs> and, and it's a response to this. Yeah. It's a response to this. We're not going to, you know, uh, be mean towards, uh, Muslims because we're worried about that because we don't want that. We don't want that. Yeah. But, but, you know, what else is there? Rape? Rape is yeah, great. We'll, we'll leave being mean to the Muslims to the French. They, they can do that. They can have fun with that stuff. We're going to lean hard into rape. Yeah. We're going to lean hard into, uh, like, there's a lot of jokes about transsexuals. <laughs> there's, like, if you look at, like, the Simpsons around that time, mm. you'll see, like, Bart going, hey, uh, uh, Skinner's a tranny, you mm. know, and everyone having a good laugh. And yeah. it's like, wow, the shit, what's going on? <laughs> um, and it's, 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 uh, well, know, there's one, there's only one thing worse than being talked about, Ian, and that's not being talked about, so. Hmm. You know what? You're not wrong. I always just, uh, I, I always, th- I didn't, I don't think it's great, but I do kind of feel like, like when a group starts being made fun of in, in, in comedy, that that's like the first stage to acceptance <laughs> because it gives a conversation, it gives a conversation and, and it makes, but also it makes it normal. Well, but the problem is the, the lead into that, which is the reason that you would do a joke about someone who is, uh, who is, uh, who is trans yeah. would be because it's so outrageous and mm. out there yeah. that like, Come on, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> Let's so you got to make fun sure, of it, right? Sure. And it's like, well, do you know anyone who is no? Okay, of course you fucking don't. <laughs> of course you don't. So, so you've got this otherness there. Yeah. So yeah. there's no real danger to you. There's no danger to you. There's no risk to you. So to me, as a comedian, uh, if you're not doing a joke where there's risk to you, yeah. and you're just attacking what you are considering to be the other, uh, that's kind of a cowardly joke. Like you can do, sure. you, can, you can do it, but then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's you're, you're, you've got no skin in the game. You're not taking any chances. You know, it's just like, hey, let's all make fun of that person over there. They're wearing a different hat. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, fuck, whatever. It's it's fine. And so, yeah, you had the edge lords doing their uh, rape jokes and trans jokes and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so there's this pocket where everyone was like, yeah, that's okay because it's f- also fighting against this thing of like we were told humor wouldn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, as things keep going they're like hey wait a minute yeah (laughs) then as you say people have been mentioned and then they start you know representing you know where like maybe you shouldn't and and yeah yeah there you are there you are and then all of a sudden uh uh, Mr. Bean is complaining about cancel culture mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a week where Bean Dad is around, and it's all confusing now. There's too many beans. <laughs> I, yeah, I was yesterday doing all the mayhem. I had said to someone at work, I said, "Well, there's one person who's happy about this, and that's Bean's dad." So he's like, "Oh, thank God, something's yeah. washed away this from the yeah, public attention." About it, Bean yeah. Dad. <laughs> who and, who and he? It's too bad for his podcast, which means he probably didn't even get to. <laughs> didn't uh, get that bump. Didn't get the get bump. That little uh, podcasty bump. Didn't get that bump, I but I think they do okay. He's he's done all right from that. Uh, yeah. If you ever list. get into a situation where your friends have to go, he's a good guy. Oh geez. Yeah. You've done something wrong. <laughs> Holy shit. Like if, if people are coming on. I've known so and so for this many years, and I've never yeah. never heard yeah. him say one racist thing. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something about Ian, and that's guy. No, no, no. You can trust him. All right. Like oh boy, oh things have gone bad. Don't you think things it's to me the worst thing? in the world is someone who accidentally like blurts out the n-word when they're talking on the news or something like that and then like that isn't me that is so not me and you're like if it's not you then why is it in your mouth like why is it even in the tip of your tongue that you would you would just insert that into a conversation like you know it should be a word that you've never said in your whole life that would never occur to you to you know to you to like like you know what i mean like it just feels like all those kind of like uh that's not me kind of <laughs> arguments just kind of 
I'm just kind of like, oh, that's you. That was you. You said it. Immediately losing uh, an argument with someone. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I would there there's uh, some women in my life who I would call darling as a joke. I would call them darling or sweetie or something like that. I just yeah. say that as a joke. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, listen, sweetie, I'll tell you something about. It. Like it was like <laughs> I get what you're doing. You're doing like a pretend, pretend yeah, like you pretend know bit, male right? chauvinist thing. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Kind of yeah, yeah, bit. it's fun. Okay, it's fun. So I got, you know, that's the thing. I have that locked and loaded uh, there, and so I'm having uh, getting into a heated uh, discussion. It's a it's a woman who's uh, arguing with me about how you know there's no good comedy in uh, in BC. Uh. And uh, and she and, and her and her point of view was that she had uh, dated someone from a famous Canadian comedy band, okay. and they were the last good comedy that had ever existed in Canada. And it was like no, and so can I can know, I guess her. can I guess the comedy band? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to find out who she is from. But yeah, ahead. yeah, the last good comedy band in. in well, there's only uh, there's only two that I can think of with arrogant worms. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Dave's someone from the area. Okay, that's good. Better, better, than, ta- better than dating someone from Moxie Fruvis. Okay, go on. Such a weird brag. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it could be Corky and the Juice Pigs. Oh, there you go. I forgot about them. But I was going to go alphabetically. Right. <laughs> and let me just say, Corky and the Juice Pigs. Uh, the, whatever, the last gay Eskimo. You know, their song there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a little shocking song. It's like there. It's from the Supreme Period. It's like yeah, yeah. over there. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So uh, it's just a weird brag to be just like, I know comedy. I dated a member of the Arrogant Worms. I'm like, I don't know. Even if you were a member of the Arrogant Worms, I don't know. If I could give you that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, in the middle of the discussion, I, I broke out one of those by mistake. Oh. It was just there. It was, it was like I was on a riff, and then, I, and then it popped in, and it was just like, and I'm done. I lost it. Nope. That's it. There's no ways about it. I'm out. You win. And I, and yeah, I just threw up my hands. Just like, nope, done. You're, you're it. You won. Can't, can't take it back. That's in funny. no way, shape, or form. That's funny. So I could see how you could have something loaded up. Not the N word, but you have something loaded. <laughs> but yeah, up. yeah, no, I, I, but I just mean like the, those sort of like extreme, like extremely terrible words that you know we're just yeah, like, like just... Mar broke that out once as like a joke to someone and uh, like on his show. Yeah, he was just like, oh, I see how you used to say this, or you would say this backstage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or you would say this to be edgy, but you're on TV, yeah, man. You should never like. You're, this is your job, Jack. You can't say this at Foot Locker. And, you, okay. and I know you're HBO, but you know, you can say it in a bit. You can't say it well, as a as a thing you're saying. That's why they did Lovecraft Country. It's just it evens it out. It balances the scale, I guess. Well, good. I did like Lovecraft, <laughs> I did love Lovecraft Country, Country so too. I'm, uh, so I'm uh, so I'm okay with that. And apparently, the uh, book's really good. I gave it to Mary to read, and she she liked it a lot. Yeah, I was just gonna say though, I feel bad for Bean Dad because Bean Dad. Doesn't even get them to have like be, have that wave of fame yeah. where he could like a little bit, you know, get his podcasts, you know, a little higher up. Uh, because everyone now is just like uh, flush that away. There was a coup. Like, oh no! But, uh, so I only get the heat, and I don't get any of the the, the, the meat. No, nope. you're eating beans, Jack. You're eating beans. I hope that puzzle was good. I wanted to, if I knew how to make a, a GIF, I, I wanted to make one of Anne Margaret rolling around in the in the baked beans from Tommy and just say, "Thinking of beans, mum." <laughs> I I don't know how to do that, so I didn't. 
I'm yeah, sure I could have figured it out, but I don't have so much time in the day. I work, I work things, for a living. Two things gross me, gross me out more than that. Oh, man. Yeah, I was joking with someone at work. I said, too bad. That's the first. That's my first time I ever saw like a, 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 a an attractive woman doing anything, and she was writhing around in big beans. Really oh. affected my, my sex life. Oh, it just, it's, it, yeah, it, it hits you on such a, oh, boy. Oh, it's not true, though. Bean Dad worked with uh, Jonathan Colton on uh, his album Artificial Heart. And mm. I liked Artificial Heart. You can, fine. you can still like it. I know I can. He also was a member of Harvey Danger for a while. He was. Yeah, that's all right. But the, not, not the fun Harvey Danger, the later Harvey Danger, I think. Not- uh, from 1999 to 2001. Yeah, I think that's, I don't know. I don't think that's the uh, flagpole sitter. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, and then irony was dead, and he that's it had to do, yeah. had to leave. That was it. All irony's oh. De- oh, it's so weird now. Speaking of irony being dead, then he became a drunk for for twenty years. Oh, the someone from Harvey Danger, uh, John Roderick. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but I'm gonna uh, do another uh, nothing. Listen, yep. That's uh, you know, I'm not judging anyone for that, but I will judge a person for this. It's weird <laughs> that like judge away. Uh, after uh, after nine eleven, the first episode of Saturday Night Live that came back, yeah, they had uh, you know uh, they had first responders there, and then mm-hmm. they had Rudy Giuliani. Oh boy! And they had Rudy Giuliani, and uh, and Lauren Michaels says to him, uh, "Can we be funny now?" And he goes, uh, "Oh, can we be funny?" And he goes, "Oh, why start now?" And everyone's like, "Oh, that's great because yeah. we all love Rudy Giuliani. He's one of the greatest human beings uh, around." I don't know why people and- would think that, but okay. Uh, because he was he was good at the very beginning of nine eleven. Like he was uh, okay. he, he he wasn't uh, scared. He was walking around. Yeah, he was calming people down. Then of course, fuck him, and he was a uh, shit. Like he was a total <laughs> shit. And, but he was uh, shit. He was shit before nine eleven, well, and then he was. That's the thing. <laughs> that was the thing. That's what people want, though. Yeah. They're heroes. Mm. Like it's not great if you have a hero that's consistently good. You want a hero. Yeah. There was someone that you're like, I don't know about that guy. And then an event occurs and they rise <laughs> to the challenge. And you're like, hey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. So Rudy was like America's yeah. mayor and everyone was what a great guy. We totally forgot he was an asshole. And uh, for, or we've forgiven it. Good for him. And then he becomes a fucking asshole again. And then he becomes a super asshole. And then he becomes a clown. <laughs> now he's melting. And holy shit, I don't know what's now, going on. Now he's on his way to jail, I hope. But it's so weird that on uh, the, uh, the last big crisis. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy that you went like, look at this noble man. Mm. He will lead us through all the- Oh, boy. So, you know, whoever you're admiring now during all of this, yeah, in, uh, you know, 19 years, 20 years, woohoo! He's going to just be, oof. Ah. That, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a funny gag. That's a funny gag, but I think actually, the actual truth, everyone was waiting for David Letterman to, to start up, and then everyone went, okay, now we can be funny. Mm. Yeah. Because he was the first one to come back of all of all those shows. Yeah, he had a good uh, he had a good uh, speech, and and John Stewart had a very, very good speech. Oh, well. I'm sure he did. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, John Stewart's uh, ended his in a very very good way, which was, you know, he used to have a view he said out of his apartment of uh, the World Trade Center, and it's gone, but now he sees the Statue of Liberty, mm. and it was like, oh, that's a oh, that's a good. So he's the, he caused nine eleven. Now we found sure, out sure, sure. we found out who the actual. You know what? In call, a way, call up. Loo- give me, yeah, just let me call my sec. Give me loose change. Yeah, they found out. They found out actually that the uh, buildings just committed suicide. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, it was a murder suicide between the two buildings. Like, oh, I didn't suspect Dear that. Dear me, that's no one. No one saw that coming. No, no one saw that coming. But they were in love for many, many years. They never actually, <laughs> never actually touched. Nuts, and they just went. Listen, 
I'm going to turn magnetic and attract planes. I'm like, what? Can you do that? And they did. And uh, you know what? Uh, enough time has passed that that uh, edgy and funny joke is okay. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> oh, Dave, did I just bean dad myself? You just did. I'm going to. I'm going to oh, cut. Bean dad me. I'm going to cut that out and put the audio on Twitter. Look, oh, I look just out! Pray Trump does something terrible <laughs> in the next couple of days. I don't. Please, you're in luck. Oh, Satan! You're please let Trump do something terrible. You are in luck. And also, so. hey, I didn't mean that if Trump really does something terrible. <laughs> That's right. Here's the he the problem with comedy. The problem with comedy. Then he pulled a, an Anakin Skywalker and just went into a school with a lightsaber and just started slicing. Oh boy. Yes. Yeah. So on and so forth. Anyway, down with cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I for all the people complain about cancel culture. Oh. Maybe there's too much renewal culture. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, let's go the opposite. Yeah. Okay. There's a Fuller House series that's on the air. Yeah. Uh, every, I mean, nothing is canceled forever. The X-Files came back. That wasn't good. <laughs> like, enough renewals. That's the real problem. Canceling is fine. Sure. Renewals, no, not so good. So let's let's nix that for a while. Let's have five years of no renewals or reboots of anything, and then we'll we'll be okay. Here's something I was thinking. I'm going to go completely off off this topic. Maybe people are enjoying it. There is it, no topic. But I'm sorry, everyone. I'm going to I'm going to veer away for a second because I, I was thinking about this at work today, and I have a show in mind. But I'm going to ask it to you in a way that to make you think about it. It says, "What show would you like to see them do a remake of? Re a remake of? Yeah, like a, like a like a new version of of an old show that you that you grew up watching or that you like or that you like. Police Squad. Oh, Police Squad. So you'd like to see like the Zucker Brothers? Not necessarily. No, fuck the Zucker Brothers. Okay. <laughs> One of them is an asshole. Okay. No, but you take, you're saying a reboot. Oh, I see. So what I'd like to see is I'd like to see a uh, modern, like a modern version of Police Squad. Okay. Police Squad. But isn't there, fun. isn't there, wasn't there one of those already? There's probably a lot of them. Because there's but that one that uh, Rashida Jones did, right? That was basically like Police Squad, wasn't it? Does quite this... good. Yes, I, I, I do enjoy that and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But what I would like is I would like it to really be like modern uh, cop uh, movies and TV shows like hers is pretty, uh, I see. pretty close, yeah. pretty close. But I like really like the same kind of level of uh, production values and what and what have you, and not and and play it straight, play it as straight as uh, as you possibly can. You need the straight yeah. person in the middle, yeah. yeah to, the straight person in the middle. I think that was my problem with that show, and I can't remember what it's called now at the top of my head. The the uh, Rashida yeah, Jones. Yeah, it's got a tough name to remember. Yeah, but um, yeah. but that one is that one is pretty that one is pretty good. Uh, I want to say close. Jenny Banana, but I know it's not right. But anyway, um, you want you want to say what? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, Jenny Banana, but I know that's not right. I just but it's something Jenny like banana. it's something like that. But yeah, it is kind of. It, it's like a name of a person, but it's not it's not an easy one to remember because it's it's not kind of nonsensical. Yeah. Uh, but um, what I found a problem with that show is that the central character is as nuts as everyone else, so it's yeah. very rootless. Like there's no anchor to what's happening, so it just it just feels all over the place, and I, I find that very exhausting as a as a as a, as comedy goes. Let's remember the biggest mistake people made with Leslie Nielsen, which was you let him make faces. Mm. Huge mistake. Yeah. When he was the straight guy. Yeah. The best. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, now he's Mr. Magoo, and he's just hamming it up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I he's, know he wants to be the funny guy. He's not no, funny no. though. That's right. Yeah, he's not funny. He's Canadian. Right. He's not funny. We've already established oh, that. There are and I'll also go... Uh, <laughs> no Bus funny Canadians. Buddies. Yeah, Bosom Buddies, but with dogs. Oh. 
That's it's, uh, they want to live in the city. They can't, but there's a dog hotel, so they've got to. They do. They have these elaborate dog costumes. Yeah, and they have to. They have to dress as dogs, and one of them is in love with one of the people who uh, works at the dog hotel. Yeah, and they got to pretend to be dogs, but also there's the they're the dog's owners that can't keep dogs in their own buildings, and so they keep the dogs in the dog hotel. And and yeah, you gotta like have lots of switcheroo uh, situations. <laughs> That's very, okay. Mine is much more, much more normal than the way you, because I, I would just like to see a straight, a straight like redo of All Creatures Great and Small. I would just like to see one that's less kind of studio, like like obviously kind of cheap BBC studio bound. So you want it to be still though in the UK? I guess I want it to be in the UK. I just want it to be like that, sh- that show, but just sort of updated with, you know, just newer versions of it. I, and I like the the old, the old one, like, I think it's great. And I think, like, all the main actors in it are fantastic. You know, like, Robert Hardy is Siegfried and and uh, good old, uh, that guy who is Doctor Who, <laughs> his name is popped out of my head. <laughs> who is it? Who is it? You know, he was Doctor Who. He was... Uh, yeah, Peter uh, Peter Davidson. Peter Davidson, yeah, as, as Tristan. I got, and, to, I got to meet him once. He was very, very nice. Mm, yeah, I think, and I think, you know, that show is great and it's lots of fun. But I would just, I would like to see, like... I'd like to see it again with different people doing it, you know, because I just like it so much. It would just be fun to watch it again. Basically, that's what I'm asking. Like, what show would you want to see again? <laughs> yeah, that's it. that's interesting. You know what I would like to see? Okay. Uh, and again, I'm the only person who would like to see it, but I would like to remake it. Okay. Is I would like to make Space 1999. Okay. But really push the 1999. Okay. Okay. So they're all dressed like it's 1999. <laughs> they're listening to they're listening to kind of late grunge music. Yeah, everything is yeah late yeah. grunge. It's like this yeah. all happened yeah. in 1999. Okay. Okay. And, and the reason that uh, it, the uh, yeah. the you know the moon went away. Sure. Y2K. We didn't, we didn't we didn't treat Y2K seriously. Yeah. And it was great, and so now it's uh, it's all that. But yeah, it's it's got the best theme song. So like I think as long as you can use the theme song, we're fine. It's the best theme song? Well, it's great. Is it better than the Rock and File theme song? Well, it's very different. Like, like, but no, no, you just said it's the best theme song, and I'm asking you now, is it better than the Rockford Files theme song? Yes. Really? Yeah. I'm going to give it a listen. I, I don't remember it, because it's been a while since I watched that particular yeah, show. it really goes. It really uh-huh. just, whoa! And then uh, you watch the show, and it's so slow. Have it's you like watched an Anna Barbera cartoon. Where it's just like, we're going to so have adventures. It's, it's so true. Like, oh, my God. I was interested. I was briefly interested in watching UFO, which is the show that was done before by the same people, sure. by by the Andersons, before, um, before Space 1999. And I was watching it because... Nick Drake, uh, a singer, a British singer, I like very much. He was a he was kind of a folk singer songwriter from with a, a much a folk vein who was not successful. I suffered terrible depression and ended up uh, committing suicide in the early seventies. But his sister, his sister G- Gabrielle Drake, was an actress on UFO. So I was like, oh, I want to see his sister because I've never seen her. So I was watching some of these on on YouTube, watching some of these shows on YouTube of of UFO, and and uh, what I learned was that that show is so boring. But yeah, I just they cannot. Like the puppet shows that they did, all the puppet, you know, like Stingray and and uh, Fire Thingy and and um, what else was it? Stingray, Captain Scarlet, Thunderbirds, of course. Uh, Thunderball XL Five. Oh, Fireball XL Five, right? Fireball XL Five. Yeah, yeah. Like all those shows are great. They're lots of fun because they're just so goofy. I love Captain Scarlet because it's just the nuttiest show. But what seems like when they moved to like using humans, that they couldn't like. 
they just didn't seem to care about their expressions or whatever. Like the shows are always so matter of fact and, and everything feels just like it's, I don't know. It's just weird. I did enjoy them though. It's kind of a kitschy thing. And it was fun to see Nick Drake's sister acting and I'd be like, oh, there she is. Oh, she's a cutie. That's good. Oh, that's cool. What was I, what was I trying to watch the other? Yeah. I, I got that. Uh, what was that channel? Tuli, Tusi, Tugi, to do you, do you Tubi, 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 Tubi. Yeah, yeah. that's that, what I watched Dark Shadows on. Yeah, that's why I was looking because it popped up on my thing and said, "Do you want to download this?" And I went like, "Yeah, okay." So I did. <laughs> so I did it. I'm gonna watch Dark and, Shadows. And it was like, and and it's it's a okay. Look, it's a lot of good stuff. It's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff. Yep. But it's not curated in any way. No, no, it is not curated. And it's so random. <laughs> That it just like snaps your neck. I know it's so weird. Like it's just like I don't know. It's just it's like someone just takes their DVD collection and just throws it at you. It's like <laughs> and, shit. I don't know. This uh, is great that you got it. Also, what's wow. weird is like unlike Netflix, it doesn't care about you. It could give a no. shit about you. Like I've been watching Dark Shadows quite faithfully for a while now. I think I'm at episode thirty of the shows that they have. And but whenever I like turn on Tubi and go into Tubi, it's not like. Do you want to continue watching the show you've been watching? Nope. We're not going to do that. How about we hide it somewhere in our in our thing? Yeah. So you have to like go through not one, not two, but three different versions of Dark Shadows to get to the Dark Shadows you are watching. Because they do these like little, uh, I guess they made these kind of like packages, like repackages of shows that had a story. And they made the storylines in these little kind of th- two, three hour long movies, so-called. But... That's not what I'm watching. I'm watching like, the old show, but I have to like go way down to find it every time. It's so weird. Like, why would you do that? You know I'm watching it. Put it up at the front, but it doesn't. It's just somewhere. Yeah. We don't care about you, they weirdo. They do not care. They You're do watch- not go, oh, you've been watching this a while. Are you still watching this? Are you okay, buddy? <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> no, this keeps playing. None of that, yeah. Jack. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny. And, oh, no, if anyone's wondering about uh, Dark Shadows, uh, Barnabas Collins, as we already established, a 150-year-old vampire who was awakened who's by a... the brother of Tom Collins who invented the drink. <laughs> well, well, drink, drink that's right. It's a 150-year-old lemonade drink. There should drink. be a drink, by the way, called the Barnabas Collins, which is a riff on the Tom Collins, but with like some Bloody Mary yeah, mix yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. It should have right? been, should have been. It's too late for that now because no one would know who you were referencing. Yeah, but that's uh, fine. <laughs> let's talk to Jason about that. Jason, get that on your show. <laughs> get that on your show, Jason. So, so, uh, uh, so Barnabas Collins... Uh, he has taken over the old house that's on the property and is remodeling it with the help of his, I guess, kind of slave that he's, that he's, um, has under his thrall. And then he, then he's fixated on this woman who looks kind of like his, uh, former, uh, great love of his life, Josette, who killed herself rather than become like him. That's what I'm getting. I'm kind of picking that up. It's not been said outright, but it's sort of hinted at because she did kill herself. And he said that she rejected him. And I feel like she didn't just reject him. She rejected who he was because he was a, a vampire. Vampire lifestyle. Yeah. She, you know, she didn't want, wasn't into it. And, uh, good, for, good for her. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that. a, yeah, I think that's a, a great moral choice. Um, besides the suicide, of course, now she's in hell. But the, um, uh, so he's, so he's uh, found this woman who looks a lot like his former love, Josette. So now he has, he has, uh, you know, bitten her neck over the course of some nights, her worrying her father who, who he also hired her father to be, to paint his portrait in order to like worm his way into this family. 
and then now he now she's she is like trapped in in his the old house with him and he's like now changed her name to Josette and dressing her like his former former love uh-huh. and uh and really the guy who uh the guy who is his kind of slave is not really happy about it but there's nothing he can do because like i say he's kind of under the control of barnabas so it's all evil and i just find that really interesting like they brought in this character and you're kind of like oh is this is he going to be like a good vampire oh no he's not he's just going to be a jerk oh that's an interesting choice it's okay i'm 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 all right i'm cool let's see where it goes see where it goes and because it's like an old tv show and like it's always set bound and it's mostly people talking to each other i can just uh listen to it while i'm while i'm uh coloring because I don't have to actually watch it. I'm just going to hear it. Everyone's, everyone's telling me what's happening. It's just fine. It's great. It's like a radio show. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's good, it's good stuff. I'll keep, I'll keep you apprised, everyone. I'll save Please you the do. trouble of watching it. <laughs> now, I know we asked, I asked this before and I've forgotten. You saw the Johnny Depp version, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, I thought, um, you know what? A lot of people hated it. I did not hate it. I thought Johnny Depp was actually quite, was quite funny in that role. I thought he did a good job. Uh, but... I think in terms of like what the actual Dark Shadows, as I've learned what Dark Shadows actually was, that that movie is a bit of a travesty because the show isn't campy and it's not, it's not a comedy. Like it's, it's, you know, it's like a serious show about this kind of, about this family that has like this kind of dark, dark past with a lot of ghosts and, a, and a, now a vampire showing up and stuff like that. Like it's kind of interesting. Like, and it, and it takes itself very seriously and it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun in that way. I can see like, you know, if you're like a mum in the 60s, you know, having to do your ironing, that it would be a fun show to iron to. Because, like I say, you don't have to watch it all the time because everyone's just talking in a room. Like they go from a room in this house to a room in that house. And then they go to a room in another house. And then they go to a bar, a room in a bar. And then they may, they may have one scene outside, like at a graveyard or something like that. But, you know, it's just a set. So they just have some trees set up and, and it's filmed in such a way that it's very kind of vague you're like oh it looks could be a graveyard i guess or it could be some you know and then it's kind of funny because when you're watching it you're like you can see that like the like the you know the, the the engraved writing in the gravestones is just you know someone's just done it with with a brush and just added the highlights to make it look like it's like it's engraved you know it's just like clearly that's what they've done it's so obvious but it's so charmingly great like that i just find it just i find it endlessly fascinating so uh, I'm just continuing on with it. Yeah, they were supposed to uh, be doing it as a CW show, mm. but then they uh, they decided not to. That's right. That's why Firefly was canceled, right? Or was it Buffy? No, Angel. No, no, That's why Angel was canceled. They canceled no, no, Angel uh, because they didn't want two shows uh, with a vampire, and so well, they. they may, all right, that is possible. But yeah. I'm talking about like they canceled this in like November fourth of this year, like last year. Oh well, yeah. yeah. That's funny because yeah, when when Angel was canceled, the story was at that time was that the station was planning to bring Dark Shadows on, and the production company that was doing it didn't want to have a competing vampire show. And I guess whoever CW or whoever they they're kind of like they kind of weighed their options. They're like, well, this show is so so in popularity, but Dark Shadows that's going to be a that was a huge hit in the sixties. Oh, this show is going to be huge, so they just pushed Angel off, and so Angel had to like do that quick a boat face in the middle of the season and, and, and go into, go into that crazy ending, which I really liked, but, uh, you know, it was, it was like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't planned. It just, they had to like make do kind of drop a few, a few of their plot lines and concentrate on the, getting the end, getting to the end alive or dead. Well, I like your uh, question here. I'd say, let's make that a question of the week is, uh, what show should be rebooted? Have we done that yet? No, I don't think so. All right, let's say... What I don't even TV say what show... Yeah, not even rebooted. Like, what show that you loved in the past would you like to see a new version of so you can watch it again? 
Now you can say, okay, we we'll go with one of two ways. You could because you can go like show you loved in the past, or it could be a show that like you went, oh, the premise was better than. Yeah, uh, that's a good. That's a good win. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, do that. So, so you want to yeah, see? Uh, like? Yeah, that's a good. Like, um, there's a show that I saw when I was a kid, and I just thought it was great because I love the concept of it. But having watched it, it's it's not done super well. But it's called My Partner the Ghost, and it's about a like a private detective whose partner gets killed. And then he's just kind of like, uh, comes back as a ghost and he helps this guy. But I feel like I didn't watch all of it. Like when I was watching, I was kind of like, oh man, it would be so good if like this, the guy who's alive, you know, like he's befriending this guy's wife and helping her out and stuff. It'd be so good if he like fell in love with her. But then the ghost guy is mad about this, you know, and it would have been really interesting if they'd gone like those sort of directions uh-huh. with it. They didn't though. They just kind of kept it very much straight, kind of like, you know, solve a crime a week or whatever. And I, eh. If the technology gets there with CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say bring back Manimal or Womanimal. <laughs> I'm fine with Womanimal. Yeah, um, I don't know. Those like shows that. aren't. Those shows were. I don't. I didn't think Animal was a great show. So I. Well, no, you couldn't because all like he could turn into like three things. <laughs> turn into a bird. Big fucking deal. He's a bird. He's flying, and they cut to a, a shot of him flying. He was like a panther. That's okay. And I forget what the third thing was. Something else. <laughs> Although well, he's already a cat. I guess something else. A goldfish? I don't know what he is. Yeah, but goldfish. That's the scariest, scariest animal. It would be like, oh, okay, he's got to become this panther. Now we've got to watch him change into the panther for forever. And <laughs> the same him changing into a panther, you know, every time. And it's like, eh, it's a <laughs> But, like, if you could actually have him become any animal. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, oh, man, that's interesting. Uh, you know, lots of stuff. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all for that. So uh, bring back Manimal if you've got the technology. All right. Know? So what what show would you like to see rebooted or, or rebooted or re or, or reimagined? Imagined. Yeah, reimagined. Yeah, because I I love the uh, I love the science fiction series Blake Seven, but and I don't know maybe it's dumb to think that because this because I, I really like them just to remake it but just use all the scripts from the original series <laughs> just redo it because I do think the actors are great but I just find like the show's a bit clunky it'd just be mm-hmm. nice because you can make like for fairly cheaply you can make like a really nice like looking science fiction show nowadays you know and uh in those days you know you're kind of you kind of stuck with what you could put together with some duct tape and a and a ball of string and a and, and i know that uh okay look bubble wrap. Uh, it's cheesy to say i've got uh, an x-men uh, an x-men sorry x-files plot but i do and <laughs> you know that makes the whole damn thing make sense okay which is like you know it's usually they go out and it's just some random thing and sometimes it's uh part of a giant alien conspiracy that you know involves oil yeah like this oil talk about <sighs> yeah it's like okay so there's that or they'll go out and find out the devil is real mm. the devil is real and the devil's doing things and there's the devil i'm like okay well what are these two they're unrelated they make no there's no connection and so my thing always was the reason for the damn x-files is we've got aliens that are going to attack and we know this so we've got to find something to fight the aliens. So if we ever end up with anything that's supernatural or beyond human experience, we want to go investigate that because maybe we can use that later to fight the aliens. So when you find a guy who can stretch through vents or another person who's a shapeshifter and can change their face or change their DNA or control insects, yeah, let's let's remember that guy for when the aliens come and he can control bees. Oh, the devil's real? That's good to know. We should, since magic is real, 
and the devil is real or whatever. That's good to know. And there's ghosts that will help us. Well, yes, let's get the ghosts help with the aliens as well. Ed Asner and Lily Tomlin as a ghost. They're real. Yeah. All right. That's great. You got a guy who can predict the future. Yeah, that would be useful in making a plan. Let's keep them up. So the reason for the X-Files is they go out uh, with the big reason being protection from the aliens in the long term. Meanwhile, you know, they're having to learn all they can about the aliens as well. So you can tap into that uh, as well. But learning, of course, that the government they think they're working for is not working for the good of the people. Great. There you've got your conspiracy. You can play all that stuff out. One guy believes in aliens. One only believes in uh, stuff that's spiritual. That's fine, too. <laughs> all fine with that. And you, and, you know, you do, do whatever you want. But, yeah, connect the things. Because it makes no fucking sense now. At all. Why is why are there ghosts? And why don't you care the next week that you met a ghost? Why don't you change your life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I think uh, that was the biggest problem with the show was, was, was uh, Scully's character. You know, because she's always doubting. And you're kind of like, what, what would it take to convince you? Like, what haven't you seen? What haven't you experienced that has shown you that Mulder's right? Like, Yeah, though when Scully's so uh, dad shows up as a ghost, uh, he doesn't believe that. You know, she's uh, she's trying to convince him, no, I saw him. Eh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. And like, no, he's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> That's a weird, weird turn to take. It is. Yeah. And they find basically a Frankenstein guy. That, okay, well, keep in touch with that guy. I think like, it's, a, it's a great th- episode, but like, keep in touch with him. <laughs> I think what the mean? problem with your with your wanting to remake that show is, that I feel like that's like a good example of a show that went on too long, and like needed a needed to find a stopping place. You know. Well, they needed to. Yeah, they, when when you got to the movie, they should have made that the confrontation with the aliens in the movie, and then you know maybe after that, it's like, well, what do we do now? You know, and then make the TV show something about that. But like, but, but but the point that you get to a movie and then really don't do anything with it, except like, you know, you make it a bit cooler. But <laughs> like, it's it's just like a big long episode of the show, but with more budget. Yeah. Eh, not 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 the best. Not the best idea. It's the same thing with like the Simpsons movie. It's just like, yeah, okay. Well, well but why? Where? How are we different now? Why yeah. did? Why is this a movie? And not just a miniseries or some such. Why? why? You know? Mm. All right. It's fine. It's a very good question, sir. Thanks. Even though I did enjoy the X-Files movie when I saw it, because I got to see it in front of the director and, and with the lone gunman. So I think that's the best way you can yeah, see that's it. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It was hard for other people to see it that way and maybe appreciate yeah. it the same way you did. But, you know, that's fine. That is fine. So we should hit the old mailbag. Yeah, I guess. I guess you should. I guess you All should. Right. Um, we have uh, we have some nice letters uh, this week. Uh, by the way, uh, on our uh, if you go to our website sneakydragon.com, you'll see uh, a lovely um, uh, Christmas uh, card that we got sent uh, by our friend uh, Ed uh, Dragansky. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we got a picture there. Uh, Louise Moon sent of a uh, baby Yoda Pavlova. That's, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, or as I put it in our show notes, a Pavl Yoda. Oh. Hmm. Oh, that's very clever. Thank you. Well done. well done, you. Thank you. I couldn't say it during the show. It's the living example of l'esprit d'escalier there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we'll go. We'll you know, I'll t- I'll do these until I go. Oh, my throat, and then I'll throw it over to you. For All right. Um, so our our pal Scott 
McGinnis writes us. Can I, I just? I should just tell you. Uh, I was just going to tell you what the questions were. Okay. We asked, "What are your New Year's resolutions?" And also, uh, what were you almost named? And do you like your name, or is there a different name you want to be called? Can I just what point out, though, before you before you start reading this week's, that we had one addition to last last episode. So maybe you should go back oh. to uh, episode four seventy three, I believe, and you'll 473. find four seventy three. That would be a thing to do. Okay, let me uh, let me do that thing you just said that I should do <laughs> because that's what I should do. Yeah, and, could, and look, I, I I'm telling you. It couldn't be easier to do. That. Yeah, it's a so, comment from from Matt Phillips. All right, then let's go to Matt Phillips. Uh, Matt Phillips writes, "Hey guys, because I asked about what we're eating for uh, the holidays. Hey guys, we had beef this year. Oh, it's what's for dinner. Uh, served with <laughs> potatoes and goose roasted in goose fat. Uh, Yorkshire puddings, pigs in blankets, roast parsnips, peas, carrots, and gravy. Uh, if we go for turkey, we usually get a turkey crown, which is popular in the UK." As it's a bit of a cheat and easier to carve. I don't even know uh, what that is. I don't. I don't know. I know like a crown lamb crown. Yeah, I know that one. Turkey crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my favorite part of uh, are you eating lamb by mistake and they're lying to you? <laughs> it's lurky, Maybe? lurky. They're um, getting uh, or one of those hot dog crowns. Oh, you just put it out there. It looks like a crown on. We have uh, turducken I... in England. Here we have turducken in England. They have lurky. Yeah, we don't have turducken as much. But uh, technically, we do one second. Mm. That is delicious vodka. Okay. <laughs> nice. My favorite part of Christmas dinner is Christmas pudding. Mm. I know a lot of people don't seem to like it, uh, but I have uh, been known to serve, to buy several puddings to eat over the entire Christmas season, <laughs> served with brandy, butter, and double cream. Oh, double cream. Now, by the, the, time the British I, and their creams. Yeah. By the time I've eaten this. I have long passed the point of being comfortable, yet still find room in the evening for my special corner or joint of ham, which I mm. cook in advance in a stock of molasses, black treacle, bay leaf, mace blades, allspice, cloves, and garbage peel. <laughs> orange, peel. orange peel. Orange peel. Orange Gar- <laughs> peel. Garlic peel? Orange peel. Oh, my life. Orange peel. <laughs> then glazed with brandy, orange zest, and brown sugar. After all this comes my traditional January diet. Yeah, I can believe it. My I'm gosh. I'm eating an entire horse. <laughs> entire that horse. Smells soaked, so in, good soaked in aspic. Oh. oh, my God. It would smell so good. Like all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I love all those warm spices. Yeah. Yum, mm. yum. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm also a fan of Christmas pudding. My, my family, we, I mean, we do like a Canadian Christmas pudding, which I don't know. Like in England, I know like pudding is just means basically dessert. And so it can be all kinds of different things. But here in Canada, Christmas pudding is like a specific kind of very heavy raisin filled, uh, like, you know, like very heavy cake that we yeah. generally cover with like a, I don't even know, like a custard sauce kind of thing. I don't even know. Yeah. What. If you got, if you got family, you usually do custard. If you're, if you're uh, swinging adults, then yeah, you brandy it up <laughs> and then hit the old flame, let that burn out, put a little uh, cream on that double cream. Uh, if you can find double cream, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's usually the way to go with that. If you can find double cream, yeah. that's a good that's a good uh, point. Back to the start. Episode. Back to the start. Back to the future. Update <laughs> my mom. Scott McGinnis writes. Uh, uh, hi, Ian. Hello, hi. Scott. Hi, Scott. Uh, ha- uh, Happy New Year. Uh, we made it through uh, 2020 somehow, and here we are at the beginning of a new and improved 2021. This was written January 3rd. Yeah, he didn't know about being dead. 
Okay. <laughs> he didn't know how that would ruin the whole year. Yeah, I messed it all up for everybody. <laughs> Come uh, on, Bean Dad. show, especially your deep fried turkey talk. Oh, yeah, we should just every week have deep fried turkey talk. <laughs> it's a new segment. Deck talk, chick talk, uh, dollop of trollop, and deep fried turkey talk. <laughs> well, in order to do that, really, we should. I'll have to try making a deep fried turkey, I guess. Oh, uh, I don't want to lose you in a. I'll make sure that I'll make sure that Lisa films the conflagration that kills I, Dave. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, I'm just picturing. Unfortunately, you die in this horrible turkey fire. Yeah. As and in the background, we see your horrified chickens watching this, <laughs> and just like little, little beaks dropping and eyes getting bigger as they see see what happens. Yeah. Um. And if they don't, if you don't die during it. They'll see it happening, and they'll also be like, what the hell is this? We have to escape. <laughs> These are smart uh, chickens. Scott continues, I've never heard of deep frying a turkey, which is weird, as I come from Glasgow, the home of deep frying. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. Chip shops here used to deep fry everything. Obviously fish, that's expected. But pies, chicken, sausage, haggis, black pudding, pizza, wallop, straight into the fryer. A deep-fried pizza with chips on top, all stuck to the oily, cheesy tomato gloop was out of this world. No wonder <laughs> Glasgow used to be the heart attack capital of Europe. Man, that sounds good, though. I got to say. Yeah. That does sound um, good. <laughs> when I moved to... Yeah, don't do a turkey. Do that first. <laughs> when I moved to London, I was disappointed to find out how healthy chippies were. Uh, <laughs> you're probably the only person I would know who would like, uh, go to London to a uh, fish and chip show, shop and go... Too healthy. <laughs> well, I guess we're not coming from Glasgow where they deep fry pizza. Uh, here's the only thing they fry. Here, the only thing they fry is fish and chips. Uh, they've never heard of a deep fried black pudding supper. Hmm. Well, it sounds like someone uh, can open a shop and uh, make, uh, <laughs> make a couple of pounds. Yeah. Um, your question about names really resonates with me. It's a long story, so feel free to skip past. No. No. Why would, why would we do that? It's a story that starts in Glasgow in the late 60s. A young 17-year-old hippie called Helen was happy with her life working as a trainee in a hairdresser's and happily engaged to her longtime boyfriend, Pete. Pete and Helen. That sounds, yep. so, sounds so British. Little story about Pete and Helen. <laughs> uh, she went to a party one night with her work uh, colleagues, and there she met a slightly older guy called Ronnie. Hmm. Ronnie was in his mid-twenties and came from a more middle-class family. He had all the trendy clothes and fancy pattern. Uh-oh. Uh, a few weeks after the party, Helen found herself in a bit of a predicament. She had to break off her engagement with Pete and mm. tell Ronnie that he was going to be a daddy. Well, neither man was happy. Helen and Ronnie were married six months later, very much against Ronnie's family's wishes. Helen was a bit too common, but married they were. And a couple of months later, they had a beautiful wee baby boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They decided to call the wee fella Joseph, or Joe for short. And babies are quite short. Dad <laughs> and also called, wee. Yeah, and also they like to wee. That's true. <laughs> Helen's dad was uh, called Joseph, and her brother was Joe. So off to the registry office went Ronnie to register the birth of baby Joseph. On the way, he popped into his parents' house for some reason, and there went on to the registry office. When he came home, he showed Helen little Joe's birth certificate. And there it was, in black and white, and legally binding, Scott Campbell McGinnis. As you can imagine, my mom was furious. My dad had taken it upon himself to give me a totally different name to the one they'd agreed. My dad's middle name was Scott, and his mom's maiden name was Campbell. Between leaving the house, stopping off to see his parents, 
And then going on to the registry, my name was changed. Their short, unhappy marriage only stumbled along for a few months more. But my name has been Scott Campbell McGinnis for over half a century now. <laughs> so, to answer your question, I was nearly called Joe. I never really liked the name Scott, but it wasn't too much of a big deal until I moved to London. Everyone asked me what my real name is after they'd known me a little while. They assume Scott's a nickname, like Jock or Hamish. <laughs> Sometimes I tell them, yes, Scott is my nickname, and I'm really called Tarquin or Rupert. <laughs> Hopefully my story wasn't too long or too boring. No, it was not. Take it easy, sneakers. Scott or Joe. <laughs> I didn't realize that Hamish was a nickname. I thought Hamish was a name. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Louise responded, Scott, that is a fantastic story. Well, maybe not for your mom. But the sort you'd read in some quirky period novel with a teal cover and whimsical line drawing of a broken engagement ring lying on a pair of knickers. That, that really paints a picture, Louise. Well done. Um, uh, let's actually hear from Louise herself. And uh, a letter from uh, from Louise. Uh, the maker of uh, Baby Pavlioda. <laughs> Pavlioda, yeah. By the way, I just had one of uh, the um, uh, cake pops that uh, Louise made for uh, Nina Matsumoto and Bob Mackey's wedding. Oh, nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a bird shape. Oh, delicious. So nice. <laughs> um, and great job on the cake as well. Let me say both to her and Jackie. Uh, this year, I resolved, this is Louise, this year I resolved to be more patient and not as easily irritated. So I'd appreciate it if everyone would stop being so annoying immediately. <laughs> Classic. And bring me pictures of Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> I surprised my mom and dad by being born a few minutes after my twin brother. This was before ultrasound. So they uh, got to use both the boy's name and the girl's name they picked out. I like my name okay, uh, but with four vowels, it's hard to spell. And people who have learned English as a second language find it hard to pronounce. Hey, after all this time, I just realized not only is there an I in Louise, there is also a we. Yes. Um, my sister's name would have been Robert if she'd been a boy. So we were one Y chromosome away from having to tell our nieces and nephews, Bob's your uncle. Huh. I actually have an uncle named Bob. I have a father named Bob. There we go. Bob's your dad. Bob's my dad. Bob's my uncle. <laughs> and Louise, no, none of, none of that going on at all. <laughs> uh, I'm going, thank you for uh, writing, Louise. Um, I just want to say, before we go on too much further, uh, thank why, you, Louise. Why don't you want to hear your wife's uh, letter? No, no, I just wanted to just, I just wanted to backtrack a little bit to Scott, because we went okay. went past that rather quickly. I just wanted to thank him for his story about his mom. I thought that was really a, mm -hmm. it was a great story, and just, it's so evocative of, of, a, of a different time in if so many ways. A... Just the, like having like the snobby parents yeah. of when, you know, of, of, of the, of the, of the, the boyfriend or, or husband and then the you know and you know that he went there and he was just like manipulated by his mother into 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 you know not using joseph and 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 using the family these family names you know because that they were much classier than than this plain old joe you know it just it's just so many so it's just so of its time and ridiculous in every way it's just you could see it in like a novel you know or some old like kitchen sink drama you know directed yeah, by it's such, a, it's such a great story that i didn't want to do a dumb joke during it. yeah no, yeah no. so i wanted to do the joke i wanted to do during it but mm -hmm. it's such a great story that i wouldn't scott um it's just like you know and so uh and so rupert uh it's it is rupert right that guy uh ronnie ronnie, ronnie yeah ronnie, ronnie goes out uh to uh, get the baby named and then uh, and uh, comes back and much to our surprise he deep fried the baby 
It's like they really will deep fry anything. <laughs> Moscow, you'll get it. You can deep fry a baby. What a shock. Um, so uh, the next letter is from Lisa Williamson. And I'm going to turn this one over to you, Dave, if you're comfortable with reading this, if you have your spectacles sure, on. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. This is from my wife, Lisa Williamson. She says, My New Year's resolution to lose weight as per usual, but this year I'm going to do it. I've got some other resolution, resolutions like. Get my horse trained so that I can start taking him out places, mainly horse shows. But there are a lot of variables at play there. So I am prepared, once again, for disappointment in that department, having been foiled over the past couple of years by little things like ruptured hamstrings and Ooh. COVID epidemics that threw a wrench in my plans. Boo! <laughs> Truly, boo. But she has been riding. She's been riding a lot. She's been riding uh, Archie is her horse, and she's been riding him a lot lately, so... I'm confident that um, she will soon be taking him places, maybe to the park for rides or who knows. What was I almost named? She asks us. What was I almost named? Mark. My dad's mom's maiden name was Marks. But surprise, <clears throat> but surprise, I was a girl. My mom was, my mom was quite unprepared for this as she was convinced I was going to be a boy. Apparently I was nameless for about three weeks. Now that's funny. Everyone was very convinced that Mary was going to be a boy as well. And Mary is where Mary was a girl. Apparently, I was nameless for about three weeks. There was a lot of lobbying from my dad's great aunt Hazel, whose birthday was the day after mine. She was adamant that I be named after her. The name Hazel was very out of fashion at that time. So eventually, my mum decided to try Hazel backwards. And henceforth, I have been Lisa. Thank you, my dear. That's very fortunate that uh, it's a great name backwards. Yeah, it is a great name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, do you want me to read uh, the next one, or how do you feel? Oh, if you want me, if you want me to read it, I can read it. Yeah, go. You, you read the next one. I did a couple in a row. Okay, so, so this is uh, from Regis. Is that's right, right, Regis? I, have... I believe so. Yeah. Okay. My new my New Year's resolutions: stop making false predictions and raising deceptive hopes by wishing a good year to everybody. Okay. Next question: Was it Stefan? Or Sebastian. It doesn't really matter anymore, though, as I don't like any of those. Not that I ever really liked Regis either. A strange first name. Nobody has called that. Except maybe Regis de Bray, the French Chez. Not the Frenchy, the French Chez. Or rather, the French <laughs> second to the Chez. I assume you mean Che Guevara. Okay. So I got accustomed to being the one and only Regis. At first it went well with my loneliness, but got some... Aww. Yeah, but got some side effects over, over time. As one day in the 80s... I was still subjecting myself to the torture of watching TV. I stumbled upon a show where one of the contestants was named Regis. Yeah, shocking, I know. More shocking was that I discovered the, that hosts repeat the names of contestants every five seconds. It drove me nuts. A, a thing that since this day, I'm not quite... I'm Sorry, I think that since that day, I'm not quite myself anymore. And each time I encounter one of those IRL... In Regis life, we are watching each other thinking, <laughs> we are watching each other thinking, how does this guy dare to wear the almighty name, which is mine, which tends to prove that they are really dumb. So I put them out of my misery. I think there's now more white bears than them. Oh, and today I made some numerology. My favorite number is five. I had only made the connection with the length of my name some years back. I'm a computer engineer, and in binary, 5 is 101. 101, neat, and it's a palindrome. So, I wish you the best possible okayish year, at least better than 2020. And speaking of palindromes, 
I think I will myself wait to the 12th of February to make up my mind, but it's only working in French. In the American way, you will have to wait until the 2nd of December. Sorry, but wait. I checked. In Canada, it's it's the same as the French. Phew, that was close. Yeah, so here in Canada, we put uh, day, month, and then the calendar year, whereas in the States, they put month date and then calendar year so we are the same as the european model in most cases because we're so close to america and they are such a tyrannical monster we of course adopt things that they do so many people write it in the wrong way in quotation marks except for me i do mean it's wrong maybe it means that trump will only leave his office by mid-december oh god but i was told that numerology might possibly be just crap but of course i'm waiting impatiently for the 500th the 505th And naturally, the 555th, the number of the best episodes of the best, sneakiest, and dragony show on the internet, and I will not miss any episodes before or in between. I have a question. Do you think you will get to the 5,550th? The 55,550th is maybe asking too much, but it's the neatest of all all, uh, numerological speaking. Sorry. Let me say that. But it's the neatest of all numerological. Logically speaking, so please. Okay, the only way this is that. Is, uh, okay, the the five thousand five hundred fifty fifth one. Yeah, is only if we start doing this full time. <laughs> yes. Daily. Yeah. Uh, some such. Uh, yeah, and then maybe merge all of our uh, sh- shows together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. But so how many then, how many months? Oh, sorry. So so yeah. you divided fifty five five thousand. 555 by the number of weeks, so 52 weeks. I'm seeing how many years that is. It's 15 years if we do it, if we do the show daily uh, that uh, you get to. Like, <laughs> I'm not counting the ones we've done already, but like yeah. it would take 15 years of doing daily shows to get to 5,555. And so what we'll have to do, though, is train artificial intelligence to take over the show from us. And then that artificial, those two uh, bots, Ian Bot and Dave Bot, will yeah. then carry on the Sneaky Dragon legacy into the future, and then Regisbot can enjoy the 55,550th episode of Sneaky Dragon. How are we going to train artificial intelligence to list potato chip flavor? <laughs> well, this is, this is the thing. We've got to start now so that when we're like in our in our senescence when we're like we're done we're we're you know we're just, we're in a home somewhere we're you know with someone spooning spoon feeding us our porridge uh then the bots will be ready to carry on with sneaky dragon bot I, yeah this is the thing i think this show is a bit too random it's going to fuck things up it's going to fuck things up for the bots well you know are you telling me well you obviously don't have much faith in the uh in in uh the oncoming onslaught of of uh yeah Artificial hey, Dave, intelligence. It's deep fried turkey talk. Oh boy, <laughs> that sounds good. Have you tried deep frying stuffing? Mm, that sounds good. I should. You should. That's good. Good that you should. It's good. Speaking okay. of good, did you hear about the? Let's read letter from Louise Bot. Louise Bot. That was a satisfactory episode. We concur. <laughs> yes. Very good. Very good. We're sending you a virus in the mail, Louise. Sneaky virus. Uh, all right, I'll I'll go back to read. Uh, Jada Jackman. Okay, I just want to say one thing before you before you Please. read this is yeah. near the end, like the very last sentence. Yeah. Insert the word C in there for me, would you? Thanks. Go on, please. Uh, the very last sentence. Yeah. Put the word C in there. Drop a word that's in there and put the word C in its place. 
I'll try my best. Okay. Oh, oh, I see. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought you were going like, okay, literally, this is... No, no, I did not mean it's a prank. I wasn't pranking. That's what I thought you were saying, just like... (laughs) Randomly. Hey, 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 Ian. Yeah, uh, the last (laughs) sentence. uh, Drop the C word in there. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I didn't. No, no, not that. (laughs) I was like... I don't think I should. I don't think that's appropriate. It's not. It's not right after nine eleven. But I want to be seaward, Dad. Okay. <laughs> my 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 joke about that guy was like, uh, one day you're being Dad, the next day you're has been. Um, Jada Jackman writes, I don't make New Year's resolutions, but I do make a yearly vision board. Oh man. Uh, okay, Jada, would it be asking too much for you to take a picture of your vision board and send it to us? Because I am curious what a vision board is, and I would like now, to see. It, could it also please just have uh, uh, pictures of the vision from Marvel? Comics? <laughs> is that what it is? But its vision is small. It's small letters. It's not a. It's now, not a if name. You, if you could all, you know, like, you're like, could I include <laughs> the vision from like uh, 1930s, early 40s? That version of the vision as well from Timely Comics. Sure. Yes, you could. Okay. But uh, that also is a Marvel thing. All right. But all right. Yes, well, uh, that's interesting because I that is pictured as being a piece of paper with, with uh, eyeglasses taped to it so that's yours is more interesting huh but <laughs> that was, okay you're now making me think <laughs> okay good finally I, I would like to i would like to go to an optometrist or an ophthalmologist <laughs> yes and instead of that stupid thing with all the letters and numbers yeah just like all right let's bring out the vision board <laughs> and they bring out the vision board yeah. and it's big objects on top yeah and then as it gets uh less and less it gets smaller and smaller yeah. until they're like microscopic items. Uh, and then you've got to go, what's that? Uh, what's the one farthest on the right? A yeah. tricycle? <laughs> yes. That'd be great. No, no. You know what I really need? I need to be able to go in there and like work on a computer. And when they fig- figure the prescription that I can actually see the screen while I'm working, then that's good. Uh-huh. That's the one I want. Because uh, I, can't, I actually take my glasses off when I work on the computer. Do you <laughs> think they ever, um, an optometrist... They mix up the, uh, the 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 letter things like just so you can't uh, know them, throw you off. Um, like as in like if you went like so you're thinking you're thinking like a, a sneaky person, yeah, who didn't want to wear glasses could memorize. I'm not even thinking that they're sneaky. I'm thinking like you know you 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 know obviously it's E and then some other ones. Yeah, yeah. You would just memorize probably the top three, obviously. Okay. Like just off the top of your head, you know yeah. what those are. Yeah. Then. Uh, you know, you're straining for that one, you know, down below and like, uh, what is that one? And you're like, is it a U? That's a Q. I think it's an R. Yeah, yeah. Because you're straining so much. Yeah. When they actually bring it up and you can see it, you immediately like memorize and like, oh, of course it was an S and Q and da, da, da. And you, and you figure it out. And then like the next time you go, it's like, oh, I'm being fooled by the old S E Q thing. Ah, last time you got me with this. And I, I, I know it now because I remember it from then. Yeah. But I wonder if, they, if it's like randomized and they uh, have different ones. I don't think it's randomized. I think they're all, they're basically Always all the same. Always the same one. Always the same one. So you could, you know, you could, like I said, be a sneaky person and, and memorize. I don't even think it's intentional. I just think it's something that like, if you last time you're like, fuck, I really wish. But you're not going to remember that. Like who's going to remember a bunch of random letters they, they, they rattled off once. Me. Anyway, <laughs> as we said, I do make a yearly vision board, which usually contains smaller goals. One of my goals for next year, see my friends. Oh, boy. Obviously, haven't seen my main friend group in person since the before times, so I can't wait to see them once more. I also uh, chose a quote each year, 
And this year's is, or choose a quote each year. And this year's is, if not now, then when? Yeah, there have been good. Uh, I like that one. Days, yeah. What's that? I said I like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, there have been days where uh, not much of anything gets done, really hoping to make the most of each day and to stop procrastinating uh, my work this year. So I guess that's my resolution. I'm very similar to that, Jada. I'm I'm having I'm going uh, squirrely right now. <laughs> um, I was uh, j- I was told what my other name options were, but uh, seeing as I can't remember, it must have been just okay. And I love my name, and I really like my full name, Jada Jackman. It just sounds good. It does sound good. Uh, I haven't uh, met anyone else with that name. Yeah, it's very Marvel Comics as well. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like, it just flows really well. Yeah, it sounds like your Bruce Banner's friend, uh, Jada Jackman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Jada Smith, uh, uh, but it's not common for sure. The only hang-up I have is that people tend to have a problem both pronouncing and remembering my name. I have a theory that it's harder to remember someone's name if you just heard that name for the first time. Uh, you've got to see the name itself. Yep. Oh, there, it's put it in there. Yep. And also remember the face. Good job. Good C-word. job. C-word. Um, <laughs> I did not say the C-word. Oh, why did I put C-word at the end? <laughs> Sorry, I'm now just picturing on a completely different thing. It's like a bunch of uh, kids, they're happy in the car with their parents and like, we're going to SeaWorld. Oh, no, kids. We're going to the SeaWorld. What? Yeah, it's a big museum about how you shouldn't say the SeaWorld. Oh, no. Yeah, we just thought we should take you kids to... Uh, Regis writes, Pleased to meet you again. Hope you guessed my name. Yeah, we guessed it, Satan. Um, <laughs> I forgot something, and talking about hellish things, only connect, uh, what the F. It's driving me crazy, not being English complicates a little bit, uh, all the experience, but it's fascinating. The IQ tests should look something like that, a crossover between culture and logic. Are they all menses? I don't think all the IQ tests are menses. Hopefully. No, he's talking about the contestants on Only Connect. On on what? On Only Connect. He's talking about Only Connect, the game show. Oh, Only Connect. Oh, because, okay, when you said Only Connect, uh, you didn't uh, capitalize the connect, so I didn't take it as uh, that. So, so I apologize for that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you're not wrong uh, hopefully the more you practice the less weird it is yeah it actually is you can actually kind of get into it yeah it's but hard I, when i was doing it i think i only i think i got three of them right but you know the thing is i'm doing it by myself like i think if you have a team of four people who all have kind of various life experiences it will it will, would make it easier because you can kind of collaborate on, on your answers yes but it is they tricky have, they have a group of people that are uh, the eggheads for i think a show called mastermind okay uh, and uh, they're brilliant yeah. on the show. And yeah, even they were like, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it just kind of challenges the way you think, you know. If you like a show that's like a pub quizzy kind of show, uh, but like about very, very nerdy things, let me recommend this show. Uh, it's called Um Actually, and it's on YouTube. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, they'll, they'll go with different subjects like, say, Harry Potter or Marvel Comics or Dungeons and Dragons. And they'll read a statement. And there's something wrong in the statement. And you've got to say, um, actually, and then correct them like a nerd. And then say, this is the thing that was wrong in that statement. And it's quite fun. And they have like some things where like they'll uh, list a bunch of uh, mythological monsters. And you've got to put them on a board in where they are in the world mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. There's spelling bees for <laughs> uh, you know, sci-fi creatures. Eh, it's, pretty, it's pretty fun. But Reed just wrote another letter. So I'm going to read that. Um, and he sounds like he's doing an impression of Rorschach off the top. <laughs> hey, er, hmm, 
I know it's starting to be embarrassing, but uh, could I get you? Could I let could you? I, could I let you? I said maybe it's could I leave you? Ah, could I leave you with a satanic aftertaste? Sure. No. <laughs> so as God always said, one more thing. I think that's Columbo. <laughs> Though I would like it if God was played by Peter Falk. That would be pretty good. Um, listen, <laughs> it's the command. Uh, wait a minute. What's that? Oh, sorry. It's jobs with a J and an S. Are there several? Like Gates, uh, this one with a G. Okay, I feel like I'm playing only connect. <laughs> I'm fully with you. I appreciate the letter. But just let, let you know, I'm getting about a third of it. But I still respect you. You're a good person. This is on me. Here we go. <laughs> Nevertheless, you were wondering about decapitation. <laughs> sure I was. Uh, by guillotine. Copyright. Registered trademark. Good for you. Those. Trademark. Copyright. And uh, registered. And survival. So check this out. I don't know if I want to. I did watch it. It's a, a video by uh, a guy. And, and basically he's talking about an experiment done by this doctor. And I think 1904. Where okay. he was present at the execution of a of a prisoner okay. by guillotine yeah and he he figured out basically that you are alive about 30 seconds after your head is cut off well that's the worst and this person could this person could like he would call their name and they would open their eyes and oh, look at him Jesus. and look at him no, no. <laughs> and look at him no no <laughs> and he did it again oh no he did it again and they opened their eyes and looked at him but on the third attempt no! On the third attempt, they oh, they were the they were just uh, oh, they were gone. God. They had left us. Oh, so yeah, no. but you know the thing is, is that when you are dying, oh, you God. you have that experience of your of your life going. You know, you actually do see like images of your life. Uh -huh. So that's what you're seeing. You're just seeing like you're kind of replaying your life, the last moments of your life in your mind, and then you slowly fade out. So you know. I just feel bad because, like, I wouldn't understand it because it would all be in French. <laughs> anyway, uh, just finish it again, off. Yeah. Oh, it seems the internet is evil too. Darn. So so sorry. You're not sorry at all. You're not sorry at all. <laughs> Do you want to take it over for a little bit there? Sure, sure. Chris Roberts is next. Yay! Hello, Chris. Here we go. When you asked about resolutions, my first thought was. Nah, I don't do those. Then I remembered. I decided to give up alcohol and snacking between meals during January. So I guess that counts. It's the end of day six as I write this, and all is going well. Well, that's unlike me, Chris, where I had said that on uh, beginning of January, I was going to go on a no-sugar diet for a little while, and I am nowhere near that at all. In fact, I may be eating an all-sugar diet at this point. <laughs> I've also decided, finally, to make more fully-fledged recordings of songs I've been writing over the last few years. That's great to hear. <clears throat> There's a ton of them in crude demo form that I've been meaning to record properly for ages, and 2021 feels like the time. I think you're right, Chris. I was almost another David, as it happens, which would have been all right with me. When I was growing up, my folks called me Christopher, and I hated the sound of that. It's like they had a blind spot over the similarity between Christopher Roberts and Christopher Robin. And who wants to be that guy, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. He had some cool friends. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, they got rid of him a while back. Uh, he came back, though, later, so that's good, I suppose. Uh, do you want to read Edward's uh, letter, sure. or do you want me to? Okay, I can, I can do it if you want. Take it. 
Ed says, the definition of resolution is a firm decision to do or not do something. Are you writing an essay, Ed? This sounds like an essay beginning yeah. for your... It's, you know what it sounds like? It your sounds like... 131 uh, essay. We're at like an award ceremony. Like <laughs> the definition of excellence. Or a Toastmasters. Yeah. <laughs> the definition of resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. So I'm making a firm decision to not make any unrealistic resolutions. A resolution to not make resolutions. Last year, I lost about 20 pounds by walking more, which was a, re- which was a result of just getting outside during the lockdown. It wasn't a resolution at all. I've continued this into 2021, so I'll keep that going. It's a good way to catch up to all of the Sneaky Dragon podcast too. Both my folks had a good time with the family when they named me. I was the firstborn Dragansky son, as well as the firstborn grandson on the Dragansky side, so my birth was quite an event in 1965. <laughs> my dad had some fun with it and told his side of the family that he was naming me Bill. This infuriated the Dragansky kin, since there was already a handful of Bill Draganskys in the family, but it was all in good fun. Then there was the idea of naming me Edwin, but my mum wouldn't have it. It reminded her too much of the classic comedian Ed Wynn, who she didn't like. If you don't know who Ed Wynn is, you might have seen Mary Poppins, where he plays a role in that film. Mm -hmm. She also found out that my great-aunt Elsie had lost a baby at age two, also named Edwin, so that was a no-go for mum as well. I agree with your mum. Then my dad considered naming me Kenneth Jr. after his name, but that didn't last long. We really have no tradition in my family of naming sons after their fathers. Then the name Charles was heavily considered, naming me after my dad's father, but that got bumped to my middle name, and Edward took its place. My grandfather, Dragansky, was Charles Edward Dragansky, so I would become Edward Charles instead. My mum also had an Uncle Edward, so that was also my namesake for mum's side. Everyone in my family or friends from childhood still call me Eddie, which is what I was called when I was young. At some point, probably my teens, I started going by Ed, but Eddie is still fine with me. On my mum's side of the family, which is an Italian-Hungarian mix, I've got a... So that's garlic paprika. I've got a half dozen cousins with the same names, Michael and Nicole. Mum is one of seven children, so I have a lot of cousins, and for some reason, Mum's side keeps using these two names over and over, and it's quite confusing because they've also (laughs) married other Michaels and Nicoles. Then he gives us a sample conversation. Hey, Dad, I'll say. Did you know Nicole was coming to Texas for a visit? Which one, asked Dad? The one that married Michael? Which Michael? The one that married your cousin Nicole or the other one? What other one, I ask? The one that played hockey and was dating other, another Michael before she had the baby. No, not that Nicole. The other one. The one whose brother is named Michael. Oh, okay. Is she bringing her husband, Michael? No, Dad. She's bringing the other Michael. The one that was a paramedic. That's Kimberly's husband, Dad. You know, Mike. Oh, okay. So that's the kind of thing. I'm not exaggerating. Do you remember the scene in Goodfellas when Paul Servino was introduced, introducing Lorraine Bracco to the family? And they're all named Paul, Polly, or Marie. And they're all married to other Pauls and Maries. She finishes the scene with a voiceover that the entire experience made her feel drunk. Yeah, that's my fucking family. Ian... I totally get what you're saying about Comic-Cons being honestly portrayed in film and other media. It's a tricky situation. Unless you've been, you'll never really know what they're like. I think what David said also rings true. Oh, well, thank you. That it's a difficult task to accurately depict a con without the licensed use of everything that makes a con what it is. When you can't show that overwhelming experience, which is a wall-to-wall trademarked backdrop, it falls short of the real deal. 
Mark Hamill did a film years ago, and it wasn't really that good, but he filmed a huge part of it at the San Diego Comic-Con. It's called Comic Book the Movie. And even I though own it. You own it? Oh, there you go. You and, own it, yes. And you th- do you think it's good? No. <laughs> It's interesting, but it's not good. All right. And even though the story isn't that great, the con aspect of it is dead on. Hamill plays a comic book store owner who writes a film about a Captain America-type character and is selling the idea at the con. Hamill has the family's blessing, loosely, loosely based on Jack Kirby's family, to the character's rights. But the studio keeps trying to make the character something more violent and excessive like the Punisher, which Hamill doesn't want. They do the film which is like a film wrapped inside a mockumentary about Hamill's film, and it features a bunch of real-life con guests as themselves, like Frank Miller, for example. The other thing Hamill did was... Uh, the other thing Hamill did with this film was cast the actors in it with other voice talents like himself, the animated Joker. At the time, much of the voice actors were losing work in films due to the fact studios were casting A-list actors to do animated voices, like Bruce Willis in Over the Hedge. I imagine he brought his his best to that role, though. Just like it was, talk about animated. That's how you describe describe Bruce Willis's acting style these days. This film was Hamill's backlash to the studios by casting himself and other voice talent as actors in the film. Tom Tom Kenny. The voice of SpongeBob SquarePants plays Hamill's best friend in the film, and is one of the things the film gets right. By the way, Kenny's really great in that Shakes the Clown uh, movie. Yeah, he's just—he's great. Oh, he's also great in Mr. Show. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he did great in Mr. Show as well. I was going to say Mr. Show, but then I thought I'll go with go with the cooler. Deep shakes the yeah, deep shakes the clown. Uh, Kenny arrives at the con with his family, a wife who doesn't want to be there. Oh, did I not get to the... Uh, here, let me go back a bit. The voice of SpongeBob SquarePants plays Hamill's best friend in the film, and it's one of the things the film gets right. Kenny arrives at the con with his family, a wife who doesn't want to be there, and an overloaded stroller of kids who also don't want to be there. How many times have we seen that at a con? It might be an okay film, but it gets the con stuff right. I guess yeah, that was yeah. common. It seems to me nowadays when you see people at cons, like the whole family is well yeah, into it. The thing. That, that, that feels to me a little bit old. Yeah. Like, that's a little bit old. Um... But yeah, let's see when this came out. 2004, yeah. Again, a little bit of a different time. Um, but I think the mistake that they made was uh, Billy West is kind of the lead character aside from uh, Hamill. Okay. Who's, uh, playing, he's playing basically the Rob Reiner character from uh, from Spinal Tap. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and Billy West is the character we want to identify with and like. Yeah. And, and, and Billy West is a very good voice actor, but he's not charming in it to me. Mm, mm. And so it's like, ugh, who cares? <laughs> uh, but, but one of the one of the better uh, scenes, though, it doesn't really work for the movie, but I like it. It's Jonathan Winters and Sid Caesar are like sitting together, and they get uh, they get them to do some improv together, uh, like just some you know back and forth talking. And it's like really like oh, it's just great seeing these guys. What a great get! Uh, and then you know, and then we go back to the voiceover actors uh, being actors, and you're like, oh, so this might be why you're. Voiceover actors, you're very good voiceover actors, but and, you know some people like Tara Strong or very charming and everyone. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, and, yeah, and you're right. They're, what they what they're skilled at is different than what a what a, an actor like a like a visual actor for for lack of a better word. It, you know, yeah. like they they bring something different to to their performance than than the than the look. You know what I mean? And so they don't really have to like project their charisma performing in like to a microphone on a soundstage you know they're 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 doing their character and and uh yeah it's interesting i think you're right there's a little something that's in there too that's the, just the idea behind it which is 
you know, uh, it's a drag when they were promoting it. Yeah. It was like, it's a drag that uh, Hollywood are using uh, these uh, actor actors, you know, when we're all available. Yeah. And you kind of want to go like, okay, but what are the best uh, cartoons out there right now? The Pixar ones. And that's what they do. And it seems to work. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, what you guys do is good, but that's not necessarily bad. Like, Actors can do, you know, but they want to go with the idea that, you know, we do something special that only we can do. And it's like, yeah, but quit telling me that. <laughs> let, let people tell you that and stop telling you that. Itself. Yeah. I just, I just fall into too much of that, seeing that. And it's like, mm, yeah, okay. Fair enough. And then they do a whole bunch of voices in the middle of things. I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can do those voices. They're great. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something a little too. There's very something very precious about the way they talk about that stuff. I find it is, and I love look. I love the that they redid Animaniacs, and I, you know, I was trying to watch a lot of stuff about promoting it, but then there's just like, oh, I just can't watch these guys talk. Yeah, talk. <laughs> well, I did that voice. I took a combination of this voice and that voice, and I turned it into this sound. That little, little, little. So anyway, you know, like, and it's like, yeah, I get it. You do this at a con, and everyone's like, woo! It's a, it's a, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's a good magic trick. It's great. It's good. It's fine. Let me praise you. Let me pra- give me some room for me to praise you. you tell tell see- about you, Ian. Yeah, you can see me uh, with this in my head in that uh, Futurama clip of me at a con, <laughs> and I'm with Billy West and uh, and, and John DiMaggio. And yeah, they're yeah. killing and destroying in the room. Yeah, but it's just like okay, it's just. Uh, and, uh, I wish you had a sneer of disdain the whole time there. It was just like, you know, uh, you know, just give a person a crack to get in. Uh, uh, I got some jokes too, fellas. I, yeah, and when I and when I did them, they did, they did okay. You noticed that? But, but, but it was one of these. Okay, I'll just tell you something. There was something sure. like I got a good laugh. Yeah, and it was one of the, it was one, the reaction I got from uh, from Billy. Was a little bit of just like, huh? Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> like, are we fighting? Like, I think. Listen, kid. Good thing, right? That I did that. Yeah. Uh, no, no. You know where the spotlight should be. I know. People are here to see us. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> Rich writes. Hi, Rich. Hello, David and Ian. Hello, My Rich. My name is Richard. I was Dick until 1985. Now I'm Rich. <laughs> it sounds like. Sounds like you're an infomercial. <laughs> I was dick until 85, but now I'm rich, and I can make you rich, too. Here's how to do it. Real estate. Um, Find motivated I, sellers? Is that the... Is that the uh... Tiny ads in magazines. <laughs> tiny ads in newspapers. I'll explain how. Sorry, Rich. Um, when I was growing up, there were some good dicks. Uh, <laughs> Whoa! Well, we can see why uh, he, we can see why he became Richard. But anyway, go. Yeah, that's right. That's the way to get rich. Uh, <laughs> Dick Tracy, Dick Buttkiss, that guy. Oh my gosh! Middle Dick linebacker Dick for the. I know, but you have to. <laughs> what, we, what are we talking about? Uh, he was the middle linebacker for the Chicago, Chicago Bears. There's nothing to, to laugh about there. No, he was a linebacker, one of the best football teams of its time, of its he day. Was a tough guy, and with a name like that, he's got to be a tough <laughs> he guy. Gotta be tough. A name like that, you name, a name like that, you knew you lived in an era where complete people had no idea of subtext. Yeah, it was this pure year, text. One pure. year, someone made the joke, and it all changed. You just went like, 
man has entered Wait, the forest. What? <laughs> what happened? The it's, breeze goes by. That's right. Oh, no. That's that the thing you don't understand. Like, like, what the Bible should have is like Adam biting into the apple and then going, huh, dick butt kiss. <laughs> 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 and then you go, that's it. <laughs> And someone farts. And I, get uh, uh, I, oh, get I get it now. I get it now. I get it now. Dick Cavett, even. Historically, Richard the Lionhearted. Mm -hmm. In the last 50 years, Dick no longer means what it did to most people. Besides the vulgar slang and common definitions, Dick Picks. For me, as a person, Dick Nixon put it to the edge of the cliff. And Dick Cheney pushed it over. I was embarrassed by my name. Uh, when starting a new job in 1985... I would ask what I wanted to be called, Rich or Rick. I said Rich, and it's been so since. I have a few old friends who call me Dick, but they don't uh, mean anything by it. <laughs> no, I think like uh, Dick Grayson is still uh, holding that holding that name solid. So good for him. Yeah, I was I was talking about that with 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 the girls one day. I was just saying like one day there'll be like no word that doesn't mean penis. There'll be like no word at all. Like it'll be like. I'm just going to take this pencil here. <laughs> pencil. <laughs> you know, like, what's so funny? I'm just writing a word down. <laughs> a word. <laughs> I get it. I see what you're saying. What? What? There was, a, there was a guy I knew, and he was living with three other guys. And uh, I went over there, and they introduced themselves. And they all had penis names. <laughs> it, was, it was Rod. It was Dick. Uh, it, was, uh, it was literally, it was Willie. There yeah. was another guy's name was Willie. Yeah. Wills, but it was like, you can go. Yeah, 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 sure. And I forget what the other one was. Yeah. But it was like, oh, they're all penis names. Oh, Peter. Peter. And it was like, okay. yeah. Oh, you're all penis names. And they went, what? I'm like, you know that, right? <laughs> oh, well, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, really? You've just destroyed all their lives. Leave me with that. Bye, guys. Goodbye. They all moved apart. They all, they stopped being roommates immediately after that, that day. They all, they all handed in a notice to the landlord. That's right. And, uh, and uh, I'm very sorry, guys. And uh, I sort of know where you're coming from. As sure as my name is Phil McCracken. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> as sure as. Can I read the last letter or last, sure, last comment? I introduce my wife, Ivana Amanda Huggins. <laughs> sure, uh, well, there is a there is a um, there is a newscaster here in in the Lower Mainland whose name is Anita Bath, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Her parents didn't see that. Uh, this I is from. Not she's in the bath. Well, I yeah, answer. Uh, this is from Laurel. Laurel Robertson writes. Hi, Laurel. She says, "I feel kind of bad coming in here after Ed D, but here goes. First, oh Ed. She actually said Ed D, your last initial Ed, but also it could be Ed D. Wow. There you go. But here goes. First, for uh, sorry, my voice went really high there. I want to pretend I'm more manly. <laughs> yeah, no, leave yourself somewhere to go. <laughs> you made that classic choir mistake. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Go down, drop it an octave. Just strangely drop it an octave. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that is a terrible moment, and I've seen it happen. I've been in it. I've been it happen. Uh, okay, she says first. I just want to express many thanks, dear Ian and dear David, as others have for helping get us all through 2020. You really gave us some of the best of times, and I am grateful. You Aww. are welcome. Thank you very much. I guess I didn't make any big resolutions for this coming year. As I write this, we have witnessed a ghastly occurrence at our Capitol buildings in Washington, D.C. 
don't I know it? Ghastly is the word. I was I was aghast yesterday when I saw that. And when people were talking about it at work, I thought it was I thought it was in Georgia that it was happening. Like I thought it was about like the Georgia elections and that it was a state capital in Georgia. And I was like, well, that's terrible. But gee, and then then I found out, no, this is Washington. It was Washington. Oh my god, how could that even happen? How could that even happen? I said. That is a question that will be asked uh, a lot in yeah. the next little while, yes. I think you're right. Uh, Ghastly, and then some great things coming out of it. I would hope that the positive will continue to win over the negative, here in the U.S. and in the world, and in my own self for 2021. More kindness, thoughtfulness, and understanding of others, plus my husband and I, have, having completely surprised each other at Christmas with guitars, I gave him an electric one, and he gave me an acoustic, are learning this year to play. That's fantastic. I'd love to hear that. That's a great riff on the gift of the Magi. <laughs> yes. There you go. Uh, my mom told me she nearly named me Marta mm. with the nickname of Marty. We have a, f- a friend named Marta in our family uh, with the nickname of Marty, which would have been all right. For some reason, she settled on Laurel and called me Lori most of the time. If a boy, I'd have been Steven, and I have to assume following her pattern, she'd have called me Stevie. <laughs> she was fond of the IE derivatives. My sisters are Julie and Leslie. I have not wished for a different name. This one is lovely. And I agree, I love the name Laurel. I think that's a great name. A joyful new year to you both and to all the sneakers. Ed, do you have anything more to add? There's still time. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. But Ed did not come in at the last minute, unless something's popped up and... Since we nope nothing. no no nope. not yet nothing uh, at all my, uh, my parents their their one thing was no um, abbreviated names as in like the, no names you can make shorter is that right Ian Lee, Lee and Dale yeah know, yeah yeah names that were just as long as they had to be and that's it and no no nicknames no short why names. were they against nicknames I don't know, probably a bad experience with one okay I okay I don't know and so uh, yeah because you're right because like, Ian you can't really turn Ian into anything longer or shorter. You can call me E, but like, boy, that's lazy. That's weird. And then I could see with Lee, you could go Lily, uh, but that's about it. Making it longer. I know, but but you we do you do that too? Like Eve is Evie. Yeah. Like Eve was always Evie when she was little. I mean, she's more Eve now, but when she was a little girl, she was always Evie. And Mare became uh, Mary became Mare, which is weird. The problem with Mare. You flipped him. You flipped him. <laughs> but the problem with Mare, it, we can say Mare Bear. But the problem with Mare Mare is that. Um, it's hard to spell. Like, I do like to write to her as mare in messages, but I always spell it as M-I-E-R. Or, sorry, M-A-I-R. Even though that's not, like, I can't put mar, because that would be weird. Like, hey, mar. So I just put mare, like a kind of a weird spelling of mar- Mary. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, but Eve, yeah, Eve was Evie, and Mary was, and Mary became mare. And we are, a uh, or Dolly, like Mary was Dolly as well. We're a real nickname family. That's why we have a, a horse whose name is Harris, but it's also called Beryl. Because Harris became Hair Bear, and then Bear became, and then he became Bear, and then he became Barrel, and so now he's Barrel quite often, and uh, yeah, that's just how it goes <laughs> in our, in our, uh, yeah, because Lisa had a horse named BJ. Uh, his full name was Bradley Gelbert, who was the boy who discovered him. He was born in the field, and and Bradley, this boy named Bradley, who was vi- friends of Lisa's brother, stumbled upon this little baby foal who had been born in the field, and so. They named this baby fool after him. And so it was BJ, but Lisa called him Bibernacular. So I don't know how that came to that weird from from BJ to to Bibernacular. But yeah, so we're a real strange family with the nicknames, you know. But anyway, there we go. So folks, 
you have well, we have one question, which which I thought of. Ian stole it from me. No, I'm just joking. Just joking. But the one question of uh, what TV show would you like to see remade, redone, rebooted, improved upon, perhaps, or just done again, and and so you can like enjoy it all over again with different actors doing doing those roles. And that be mm-hmm. that's kind of pleasant too. Sometimes, you know, like it could it's the same the same source material, but just someone else's take on it. And if it's done well, then you have two versions of it that are both acceptable. It's kind of like. I have many favorite. I have many versions of Emma by Jane Austen. I, you know, there's lots of people who've attempted it, and I enjoy all of them in different ways. You know, like it's fun to it's fun to watch different people's different takes on different on the same material. So that's our question. Ian, do you have another question? Uh, sure. What? Because uh, we talked a little bit about uh, chips. Uh, what? Uh, what? Uh, uh, candy or chip or snack food is gone that you would like to bring back as well? Oh. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I like that. Okay. And so, if you want to answer those questions, everybody, here's how you can do it. We have a website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. And if you go there, you will find the show is posted there. And underneath the show, you can make your comments. And so, please answer these questions under there. Tell us your stories, your jokes, whatever you want to send us. Jada, don't forget to send us that vision poster. You can censor parts of it out if you don't want me to read everything about your vision. But I just like to kind of see what it looks like. Or take a picture of it from 50 feet away. With my eyesight, I'll see nothing. Um, you also can uh, email us. We have an email address. It's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We are on Facebook. We have a page there called Sneaky Dragon. We are on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. And both Ian and I also have our own Twitter. Uh, Ian is at Ian Boothby, and I am at Dave Dedrick. And you may find us on Twitter. You are welcome to follow us and or talk to us there. And we appreciate any form of communication you may wish to send us. And if you would like to send us something in the mail, in the good old-fashioned snail mail, as it was used to be called, now it's called something different, I guess, um, you can go to our website. There's a Contact Us page there, and it has all our contact information, as well as our, our uh, snail mail address. So there you go, everybody. It's been a, it's been a hoot. Ian, it's been a hoot. Yeah. I've enjoyed it this show. Been. It's always first, a uh, first it's show of the new year. The first show of the I new mean, year. It, and it's always a pleasure it's not actually the first show of the new year. Our first show was posted on Saturday last week. But this is the first show Fuck. we recorded in the new year. God damn it. <laughs> this is the first show we recorded in the year. I just want to say it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I love our weekly get-togethers. And I'm hoping that one day we can get back together in person again. But uh, this will do in lieu of that fun. So, so yes. So we'll stay, uh, yeah, we'll stay safe. And one more time, wishing uh, congratulations to... Nina Matsumoto, the third dragon <laughs> yes. friend, uh, on her uh, successful Marion uh, this uh, this this week uh, to uh, the delightful Bob Mackey. Yes, and, and hopefully sometime in the future we will have them both on our show. That would be that would, swell. That would be awesome. Then we can tease them for being married. <laughs> the old yeah. ball and chain. <laughs> yeah, nice job. Well, well done, huh? <laughs> Married. <laughs> uh, you suckers. What are you thinking? Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, geez. Do you hear why I've listened to this podcast? Sometimes. Mine, mine doesn't. Yeah. I think I'm safe. <laughs>